Murder Man. What's up, y'all? Joey from Goremonger FTA Records here, and you're listening to Murder Metal Mayhem. Spreading faster than a case of the clap in a trailer court. Able to shatter eardrums within a 666-mile radius. A podcast more brutal than all the rest. It's Murder Metal What's up, boys? How you doing tonight? Oh, I feel like I'm in a plastic toy house and a, a plas- pink Corvette. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a little Barbie yeah. analogy there. Very good. Doing that Tuesday thing, bringing in episode 86. A little special Valentine's Day show tonight, guys. This is true love. Yeah, a little yeah. bit of love in the air, definitely, because uh, we got a good one in store, Chris. You picked the uh, the topic this week, so this is this should be a good one, especially with our guest in here in the studio. Who do oh, we got man, in here with up? us, Chris? We got Cashman in here, Mr. Gormonger. What up, Joey? What's up, y'all? How y'all doing? Good, Back good. Been a little a... while. Yeah. So. Yep. So you were a, you're a permanent fixture here, but you know we go in streaks. So yeah, for sure, good to see you. Wait, did you uh, say it's we're been going a little streaking? while. <laughs> <laughs> Murder metal mayhem streaking everywhere. <laughs> uh, and another thing um, to note, Chris, that uh, you and I have birthdays coming up next week. Of yeah, course, yours is the. 17th mine's the 18th how crazy is that shit i thought that was kind of crazy fucking one day apart from each other and yeah 30 years difference right 30 years (laughs) oh wow damn Damn. i gotta break some balls bro it's all good it feels like 30 years oh about 11 years i think it's like 10 yeah something something like like that. that So, uh, yeah, I do feel ancient sometimes, but yeah. uh, we're still stomping poser ass, so that's the good thing. So, so happy it, birthday to you next week. And, yeah, happy birthday to you, because I know you'll be gone, but I'm sure I'll text you or something. Oh, hell yeah, dude. Hell yeah. Uh, last week was a good one with the psychotic craziness of Joe Callinger, the mad shoemaker who randomly killed for God and took his kids, Chris, along yeah. with him. I just call him Captain Jizz Shit. <laughs> Just shit. Yeah, that whole coming on his shit thing is about the most fucked up part of that story. Um, and then the rubbing that uh, the vagina juice, his yeah, semen, and her perfume, and her perfume on her on his baby. baby's bare buttocks so that's just really that, that's the baby very strange that you need right, right if you're listening to this and you're just like what the hell are they talking about go check out yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. episode 85 because that was some fucked up shit for sure on joe callinger gotta yeah. listen to that one uh it's definitely worth it we had ck talking about testament that was good one of my favorites uh plus we had three new mayhem stories chris one yep. from each of us poop Poop related because we were doing Joe Callinger, so we had to do we had to do some poop stuff. The fecal trifecta, the fecal <laughs> trifecta, yeah, yeah. It was hilarious, but of course, you know the usual stuff. Uh, the karaoke version I did of these boots are made for walking. That was that, that was, was funny. pretty fucking fun. Hell yeah! And uh, at the time of this recording, we've passed the thousands, and it hit it a little quicker 
than most episodes do. So that's really cool. So thanks, guys, for checking it out. And if you missed it, go listen to it, episode 85. Uh, tonight, though, Chris, your topic, um, and who is it that we're going to be talking about tonight? Man? We're going to be doing Carla Homolka and Paul Bernardo, the Ken and Barbie killers. Nice. So if that doesn't give you people out there an idea of what the karaoke song is, you're dumb. Yeah, right? <laughs> Dude, when you said that to me, I was like, that is perfect. <laughs> right? Like, I hadn't really thought about it yet, so you totally right. caught me off guard, yeah. and that was amazing because that was like dead on, you know. So yeah, these two fucking fucks, Jesus Christ, yeah. man! That was one karaoke song that when I started doing it, I got so sick of the song, like I had to stop. <laughs> it fades out Fuck, at like dude. two minutes. I couldn't do you it just anymore. Couldn't do the whole thing. I'm like, I can't do this. Is so fucking awful. I can't even do this hey, anymore. No, I, after uh, it was that I'm bad. Sh- after I'm sure it was done, I thought about it. You should have got Stacy to come in and do the chick part, dude. I thought about that too after the fact because I had just been talking to Jenny about having Stacy right, right. come back and do something, and then that we did that, and I'm like, that would have been that a good one. Yeah, that would have been perfect. It would have. It would have. So that was fun. So yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, that was a great call that you had caught me off guard. So you guys will hear that later. And I don't know how many, you know, listeners know about these guys. They might know of them, but they're not going to know to the degree, Chris, that we're going to educate them tonight because these two are fucked up, man. Torturing, raping, killing at least three young girls. At least three. And one of them. And there was 30 rapes that he did in Scarborough. So that's totally separate. But, you know, three young girls were murdered uh, by these two in the early 90s in Ontario up there in Canada. So it's a sick story with some interesting textures to it, uh, including the very controversial plea bargain of Carla Homolka, which is yeah, just lot, unbelievable. Lots of people are pretty pissed off about yeah. it. Still are. Yeah, for sure. And it's definitely fitting that we're going to be talking about these two on our Valentine's Day episode, which was masterful. I mean, I'm very impressed with you, Mr. Shawback, that you came up with this story on the week that Valentine's Day comes. Sometimes I have them drunken moments. I'm like Ricky from Trailer Park Boys. The flashlight ball in my head went off. You're like Beerstradamus. (laughs) Beerstradamus. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Wow. Hell yeah, dude. I like that. I do too. What do you think, (laughs) Joe? So Beerstradamus. CK (laughs) will be calling in uh, during the metal segment to talk about Old school metal from Canada, so tying in the Canadian thing with Anvil. That's going to be cool. Definitely an interesting story. I don't know. Either of you guys seen the documentary about them? I have no, not. I heard that was really it's good. It's really, yeah. really good. Yeah, it's so worth watching. And even if you're not into Anvil, just a cool story right. of never fucking giving up. I and mean, you talk about never fucking giving up. Yeah. These dudes just never kept fucking let it go kept man. Pushing. especially I, lips really the main guy personally so yeah like, it's cool it's a cool story it really is definitely check that out the story of anvil um speaking of metal i thought it would be cool to try something different this week uh and all the bumper music is live nice. so live some live metal fuck yeah man uh, got some good stuff in store so stay tuned to hear who we're going to be playing during the uh segments so. i really hope it's rush live the wall 
Fuck you. You're a fucking dick, Dan. <laughs> dude, God, that was so funny, man. I know, dude. As soon as I said that, I'm like, wait, that's fucking Pink Floyd, bro. Shit. You know what, though? If you funny. missed that, that was a couple episodes ago yeah. we did that. But uh, yeah, Chris talking about Rush and dude, the White Album came out. Yeah, yeah the, or whatever it was. Yeah. It was funny though. Or the wall, after yeah. he started it was talking, the wall. or after I joked about it initially, you know, I started thinking about it. I was like, dude, if Rush had done the wall, the whole album and covered it, that would have been fucking amazing. That would have been badass. <laughs> yeah, actually, that's a good idea. That's funny. That's funny. Oh, Jesus Christ. So yeah, so that uh so that's gonna be cool uh with CK uh doing his usual thing. We're gonna be doing some metal tag team matches with some metal musicians paired up with killers and you guys are going to pick the random numbers so that's going to be a lot of fun you don't even have no idea what's going on yeah (laughs) you're going to be surprised so it should be good and i'm sure we'll get some good stories to tell so that's always fun do you want to give us your numbers now before like the low 12 incident fuck off (laughs) (laughs) it's like known on the internet as the low 12 incident that's next week they get to hear that yeah Yeah. chris has no idea what was said the whole time it's gonna be new for him too he's like god damn it (laughs) huge thanks to our sponsor spellbound effects and art.com chris they are the shit fucking a right they are tony campagna been crushing it in south florida making body parts from silicone Creating some sick ass art, Joey. You like our uh, lamp here? Oh that yeah, he I sent? love the lamp. I saw the uh, the the Pete Altieri arm in there too. Oh yeah, like I've seen the Murder Mel Man, but yeah, it's cool because each one has like individual. It's unique, yeah. Things, it's yeah. really really cool, and this one is on the outer forearm and oh, mine I didn't the one even he notice is the inner forearm yeah it's oh, really yeah. cool and the uh, Tony is amazing on the arms yeah and yeah it's fucking badass he's amazing so spellbound effects and art.com so cool check it out uh, a cool online catalog you can order right from the site. So Dude, our friend Bob got that dick he loves it <laughs> yeah he does <laughs> he loves dick. the dick he loves yeah. it <laughs> Uh, we're always uh, going to be releasing the. Uh, we're also going to be releasing the names of the sixteen serial killers that are going to be fighting it out, Chris, in the big March Mayhem contest. Yeah, that's just like a crazy killer cage match, just all out, man. Everybody's getting in on this one. Yeah, like, sixteen of whoever them. Whoever wins, the slaying sixteen is the start of it. <laughs> nice. So, so that's how it's going to be set up, kind of like the basketball thing, but this is just all killing. Mayhem, Blood, brutality, gore in the cages. <laughs> it's going to be awesome. So don't miss that because you can win a chance to be a co-host on the show during a murder segment. Oh, so yeah. be and fucking... Chris, you even threw your head in the ring with this and said we'll they give, could pick the yeah, topic. We'll give you a couple ideas. Yeah, we'll give you a list, and, and you get you, you pick, pick one. which one, and we'll do that one. Yeah. So that's pretty awesome. And it doesn't matter where you're from because we're going to do it on Skype or Messenger. So everybody's a fair game here to be on the show if you win it. So And there's nothing that doesn't cost anything to enter. It's, it's going to be cool. We'll roll that out later on. Huge thanks to all you guys listening. We do appreciate that. We continue to see the numbers rolling in this week. We were at about 2,500 total listens, which is really cool. Yes, so sir. thank you. For spreading it like uh, the case of a clap in a trailer park, man. That's what Luckily, we always say. Luckily, even though I live in the trailer park, I still haven't got the clap. 
That's good. That's good. <laughs> That's very good. <laughs> I did want to make uh, mention of another death. I know last week we talked about a couple. One, uh, Joey, a uh, close friend of yours, uh, Ryan, yeah. uh, from Cunt Torch. That was, that was brutal. Yeah, that I was didn't right. know him. I met him once, right. uh, but you guys obviously knew him really well. Yeah, so. he was close to, to especially like everybody that I deal with on a personal level. Oh, sure. Um, he, his CD was out on my label, and he would come out here, and he was basically like a like a second home for him from Ohio. Yeah. Right. Just come out to Illinois, Iowa. Right, right. So, come, yeah. come around the Midwest and Jason Yeah, for things. sure. So, you know, it's always sad to see. And, yeah. you know, we just had another one here, a friend of ours, yeah. uh, a lot of people here in central Illinois knew Josh Bird. Um, Not necessarily a musician, but always out at the shows and shit. Yeah, big supporter of the local stuff. Um, I'm not going to report on any details because I, you know, I don't like to do that. Um, But, you know, it's been almost two years since I've seen uh, Bird. uh, So I wasn't not sure what was I going bet, on in his life. Right. Yeah. I don't know. I, I bet it's been a year since I seen him. But and anytime you ever saw that motherfucker, he was always having a good time. Yeah. And and he's also the type that wouldn't fuck around. He, he'd be straight with you all day. But as soon as somebody fucked up, yeah. he'd be right there to take care of it. And oh, he yeah. didn't fuck with Bird. And, no. And, but one of the funniest dudes I'd ever hung around with. Like, yeah. He would do some fucking crazy shit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like oh, drinking yeah. his own piss, all that shit. Dude. Oh, I know, Bird dude. Bird was fucking great. I remember he showed me a picture on his phone at a show one time and he's, he had taken a shit and in the toilet, he shaped his shit as a number 12 and did it for low 12. I was like, okay, thanks. That's that's very nice. (laughs) Yeah. Did you wash your hands before you did it? Fucking bird. Fucking. So rest in peace, bird. Uh, bird. Definitely sad to hear that. So, uh, we got a lot of shit on our plate tonight, Chris. A little romantic feeling is brewing. Got Joey Gormonger in here with us. It's Valentine's Day. Everything's lining up. Got the Ken and Barbie killers ready to pounce oh, on yeah. some unsuspecting young girls. So. so fucking let's get our sexual predator murder on. All right, a little overkill live, playing some live shit on the uh, bumper music tonight, Fuck Chris. Yeah, dude, overkill, yeah. killing it, bro. Hell yeah, a little live overkill, it. infectious. So we are in the uh, murder segment, man, and uh, definitely liking the uh, murder segment because I think that's what a lot of people know the show. I think that's as, like the most know. thing people listen to it for. Yeah. That, no, I mean, I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, they like the show, of course, and we appreciate that, but it seems like the murder segment's the one that gets the top billing, so to speak, but the whole show kicks ass. I think we all like it, um, but murder is kind of our bread and butter, so to speak. So, Man, don't tell the cops that, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. Now, the American media dubbed them the Ken and Barbie killers for a good reason, uh, Paul Bernardo and Carla Homolka were a good-looking young couple who would have been the last people the Canadian authorities would have suspected 
to be torturing, right. raping, and killing young girls. Seemed like a perfect, uh, like you said, couple family structure. Not yeah. family, because they didn't have kids or whatever, but right. their families. Yeah, I mean, like somebody you'd see like on the uh, cover of like the Sears catalog, you know, the, yeah. the young couple, you know, this and that. Carla modeling lingerie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dark and twisted uh, tale of uh, sex, fetishism, depravity. Definitely perfect for Valentine's Day, uh, murder metal mayhem style. So this is going to be one of those cases uh, that is not what it seems on the surface. At least it was for me. So keep an open mind through this one and uh, you'll see what you think there at the end. But I know my mind kind of went from one to the other and. I definitely have some feelings about this whole case. So, Chris, what was it about this case that made you want to pick doing this one particular, especially with the Valentine's Day tie-in? I don't know. I wasn't even thinking about the Valentine's Day. Oh, come on. I'm trying to give you the credit. I honestly wasn't thinking about that shit at all. (laughs) I know you were. I I just, like, fucking straight up. You asked me, it's like, hey, that's our birthday week. You want to pick who we do that week? I was like, yeah, let me think about it. I don't know. I was just, for some reason, let's do fucking the Ken and Barbie murders. And we can fuck try and get Cashman here. Because me and Cashman, every now and again, we'll be talking about some shit and be like, yeah, just like fucking Paul, fucking Carla shit, oh, whatever, yeah. dude. Right. That shit all happens. I'm like, let's fucking do that. Hell yeah. Yeah. So no, that's like a, a good, that a good like one. Cashman to come in with us. Fuck it. Yeah, for sure. Perfect to have you in here with us talking about this one, Joey. Um, now, here in the U.S., we're much more used to the serial killers. This is, of course, a Canadian case. Not so common uh, with our friends from the north. They don't see this as much. Uh, we do have a lot of Canadian listeners, so we uh, had some suggest this. Uh, probably the most well-known Canadian case that I'm aware of. Uh, we've done a few, though. Robert Picton. Picton, yeah. Uh, Earl Nelson. Leonard Nelson ended up in Canada, but started here in the U.S. So Here's my thing about Paul and Carla, though. Yeah, if they had just sent Ricky's ass after him with a gun, they'd have been fucked up, bro. Just, <laughs> you guys want some dope, and then he just shot him. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Gotta always go back to Ricky Casso. No, 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 no. Trailer Park. Ricky boys. from oh, Trailer, Trailer Park, Park Boys. boys. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was thinking you were doing a Casso nope. tie-in because nope. I know how much Trailer you love Park Castle. Boys tie-in. I got you. Send them to you. Sunnyvale. They never get out alive, dude. That's true. That's true. <laughs> Uh, Joey, why is it you think that serial murder is more common here than in Canada? I mean, are we just more violent, or what? what is the deal uh, with it, that? It's hard to tell. I'd say that um, I would definitely say that Americans in general are more violent than Canadians would be, I would think. Uh, we definitely have a lot more crime rate and all that. Um, I also have a feeling, because there was, there was brutal shit that was happening in Canada, too. But oh, it wasn't sure. it wasn't as well known, maybe, and I think it's because American media, especially back in like the '80s and you know that time, uh, golden age, in the '90s and shit. And right? it's like back then, it was like as soon as anything was popping up in America, they were talking about it. And it's where somewhere up in nowhere, Canada, something brutal might happen. Right. They might want to not talk about it and have a little more respect. Maybe, and you know that's another thing too is Americans aren't very respectful for like uh, tragedies Victims like that, and shit like that. True. We're, we're definitely a lot more um, seen as gawkers. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and, it, and it's not, I mean, that's just the way it is. It's, I think, I think you're right. But I think, uh, you know, for a place like Canada, they try to um, not mind that so much in their day to day where we kind of obsess about it. We do. Definitely. <laughs> definitely. Which, which in turn probably creates a little more, probably, you know, the copycat type and, yeah, shit. Yeah. <laughs> 
the Paul Bernardo was born in the town of Scarborough in Ontario, Canada, 1964. Uh, Scarborough is in the metropolitan area of Toronto, so a suburb. Uh, Paul had a troubled childhood, uh, not too different, Chris, from some of these others. Nope. Covered with some of the fucked up situations with the parents that shouldn't have been fucking parents. His father, Kenneth, was charged with fondling and molesting a child in 1975 and then also was found to be molesting his own fucking daughter. Uh, that, I mean, that's just fucked up. His, what is that, his birth daughter? Because I thought I saw somewhere it was his stepdaughter. Was it his real daughter? Either uh, way, it's, that still, I'm either not way sure, it's yeah. fucked up. Either not, way, it not, is very fucked up. Either way, up. it's super fucked up. But. Yeah. Now, as a result of this, his mom flips the fuck out. She starts living in the basement, and acting that. like Gollum or some shit. It, uh, right, you like, know, acting all fucking yeah, weird and shit. Yeah, uh, definitely not a good situation for a child to be raised in, and probably what started him uh, doing what we know him for. Uh, it seems that once you equate sex with violence at that age, life. it really sticks with the person, and that's the only way that seems to excite them sexually is to be violent. It's just really an odd thing. I mean, it happens at that right time, like the perfect storm. And then that's what kind of sets the tone for that. So, um, now well, on especially the- like psychologically, if he viewed his sister, because I don't know what their relationship was really like, right. Right. His, yeah, yeah. but if he, but you know, at that age, whenever they're younger, if he views her, you know, his little sister, right. um, pure, everything like sure, that. Sure. Sure. And then all of a sudden this guy's coming in and sees his dad or whatever. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, you look at it later on, that was his whole thing was he tried to find girls that were very Daddy, much the girl next door, younger. you know, so he could turn them into uh, slugs. Yeah. And, so I don't know. I, I bet he probably saw a lot more than yeah. what I've ever read, I guess. Yeah, I think you're probably on to something there, man. Um, I think, you know, it's just the whole dark fantasy thing as a teenager. He starts beating these girls. Um, you know, people just don't realize what's kind of bubbling there, you know, beneath the surface. They just thought he was an asshole, whatever, so that nobody really worried about it too much. Like, Yeah, I mean, he wasn't killing anybody, and he wasn't, you know, it started out slow, and it got worse. Um, he also liked to humiliate girls in public, which is just odd to me. Um, I know people are into this sort of thing. It's just not my thing, um, and I just can't, you know, seem to quite wrap my arms around the rationale there, but I get it. You know, everybody's got their own hang-ups or whatever. You see but. a different devia- deviance with, um, I guess, so-called attractive killers of this sort. Because you right. got like Paul Bernardo, you had Ted Bundy, and you have people like that. They had a weapon that a lot of the other killers don't have is that they have the looks and the attractiveness right. to bring these girls in. That's and a true. lot of times they can get uh, the prettier ones and you know without as much. Uh, they have a little spark of that charisma as much, too. I guess. Yeah. yeah, like exactly. an Earl Leonard Nelson's right. not just going up and picking <laughs> up teenage no, girls. No, not at all. <laughs> They're gonna run the other <laughs> like, way from the gorilla guy. killer. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You got, you got dude looking like fucking say like Brad Pitt coming up. Or right, you know, like <laughs> exactly. Fucking, <laughs> the Joe. Yeah. Anthony's like, I'll eat your pussy. (laughs) (laughs) Literally. (laughs) It sounds like, Chris, that trouble's kind of brewing with this guy, um, but it's when he's 16 and his mother told him that he was conceived during an affair that she had that a guy, uh, you know, thought is, you know, the guy that he thought was his father wasn't his father. I mean, that would definitely fuck you up. 
Yeah, like apparently him and his mom had gotten into some argument or whatever, like bad argument, and she just straight looked at him like, fuck you. Well, you know what? That ain't even your real dad. Right. So after that, wow. he starts he starts degrading his mom, fucking yeah. calling her a slut, a whore, fucking yeah. fuck you, all that shit. So yeah. obviously, I think that's not the beginning, but where he finally got that snapping point to where like, you know I what? I think fuck you're right. Bitches, it doesn't matter anymore. Right. They say that again, another, you know, tie in with Bundy, but once he found out that his mom was his sister. Yeah. Or, you know, that his sister was his, was his mother, mother. Right. right. Yes. Once he yeah, found that, that, that out, they say that that was definitely probably a snapping point. Like, oh, wow. like what we're saying here. Interesting. Interesting. So once he finds out that Kenneth isn't his real father, he rebels against his mom. Like you said, Chris, calling her, you know, all kinds of derogatory names um he does this openly uh and this is when he begins to see women in a different light um which is probably why he felt the need to humiliate them hurt them you know whatever like we've been talking about right because he just doesn't give a fuck anymore no females are dumb now yeah and he starts spying in the windows doing the whole peep and tom thing um that reminds me of the mentor song Peepin' Tom. Yeah. <laughs> right. I'm a peepin', I'm a peepin' Tom. I'm a peepin', I'm a peepin' on your ball. Yeah. So, <laughs> so good. Paul was known to spy uh, in the windows of his female neighbors while they undressed. So this would be how he would start down the road that led to the five by eight. I had six by nine originally in the notes, but I watched the documentary on him. Uh, which I'll talk about later in this segment, but wow. I mean, just never left the cell um, at 24-7 in that cell. Five by eight is the measurements of that thing. Jesus Um, Christ. His former girlfriends all spoke of the abuse, but like you said, Chris, nothing really happened. Um, They just kind of, you know, just stayed away from him and didn't have a girlfriend for very long because they didn't want to deal with the violent side of him, so... He ends up going to University of Toronto to study accounting in 1982. Uh, He also started working for Amway, which is one of those businesses that sells like household goods to people. And it's like a pyramid scheme. Like if I got you in it and Joey in it, I'm getting some of what you guys make. And And we got to go recruit others to do the same thing so we can make money. Right. So that's one of those type of deals. So he gets really good joey at honing his craft like you were just saying of that salesman right he's got to sell himself but he's already a good looking dude so he's got nine tenths of the fucking battle conquered right yeah so all he's got to do is not be a complete jackass and he can get these girls to do whatever and And he's he's a pretty smart dude he is Like, like he's a pretty smart dude as well so i mean yeah i mean he's good at selling and he was also into buying books on like get rich quick type schemes he was really fascinated with that um he didn't seem like he wanted to work the nine to five accounting job he wanted to run around with women and just kind of do his thing and not much else so uh definitely very interesting the way he was able to to do that but uh yeah i just uh i'm amazed that you know he was you know, it's like we talk about, Chris, like these guys, like, why do these people even fucking exist? You know, like, why was this guy given such a gift to be able to sell? You know what yeah. I mean? Like the perfect storm yeah, of a bad situation, like yeah. you know, 
take this warped individual and make him very sellable is a scary fucking thing. He's not an Albert Fish or an Ed Gein or somebody yeah. that would be like shunned, you know. Um, October uh, 1987, he meets Carla. She's on a business trip. Uh, they met in the bar of a hotel, hit it off right from the beginning. Uh, she was different than other women he'd been with. She was cool with his perversions and the soul sexual sadism. And they appeared to be fucking like soulmates, man. Yeah, they, they didn't just, just hit it off right from the beginning. Like within a couple hours of meeting, they were banging oh, already. Oh yeah, like instantly. <laughs> like they apparently they looked at each other and it was right murder love at first sight, and they just like fuck it. <laughs> and he was uh, he she was seventeen and he was like twenty three. Twenty three, yeah. yeah. Uh, Chris, I read that he was really into the book American Psycho. Um, I'm right. sure you've probably seen that movie the before. Movie, yeah, you know? yeah. um, he read it like it was a Bible, he said. That's pretty Which fucked up. Which is pretty up. fucked up, man. Yeah, yeah a little <laughs> bit. <That's> fucked <laughs> if, you, if you look at the character of Patrick Bateman and see oh, how yeah. Paul Bernardo was trying to be, though, especially yes. in the 80s then, fuck. Totally, dude. <laughs> no, it's, it's I agree. He was yeah. very much influenced yeah. by that character obviously this right? is gonna be me i'm gonna run it's so this funny because i saw that movie before i ever read the book then i read the book and i was like fuck yeah because now maybe i can fucking understand some of the things i didn't really get you know oh sure. bullshit by the time i was done i was just as confused by the book too <laughs> yeah which is the whole idea i get right. that but man no he did a good job he did yeah it was <laughs> very well who was done. the author for that fuck i it. have it i can't remember yeah, I, who the author is but anyway really yeah. good job yeah. it is really good because he did some other good uh works of art or uh books too oh okay. some other novels i don't th i don't think i've read any of the other ones but that one's really yeah good. um alto 1987 he begins uh you know the first part of his criminal career as the scarborough rapist a rash of sexual assaults approximately 20 i think i said 30 earlier correct oh, myself either way it's 20 like, a lot it's too many <laughs> May of 1987, he went into July of 1990, so went on here three years. Um, he met Carla in the beginning of the spree, so it's crazy how these guys are able to keep their life comp you know, compartmentalized right. where they could do this kind of deviant, fucked-up shit at night and then during the day have a job or Bas a serious relationship with somebody. Yeah, and basically like Dennis Rader had the entire family situation going on yeah. doing his whole other thing. So fucked up. Uh, most of the 20 rapes uh, involved a knife and the girls he was attacking were young, like 15 to 19 year olds. Uh, there were a few that did get a good look at him and they worked with some of those police sketch artists, came up with some pretty convincing stuff. Uh, people actually identified some from him joey on the police sketch he got oh, yeah. some people hitting on that a and lot, calling a the lot cops of people a shit yeah. ton of people i mean to the point that he was even you know his friends were like joking with him like hey you know this looks like you yeah and still bringing it up <laughs> even though like i don't know yeah that's pretty uncanny yeah. that they're that close like that um the police interview him but that's it joey i mean it's just kind of crazy they just Again, that salesman yeah. thing, well, he can sell and, it. And know? at the time, he did give them a DNA sample way back then. Right. It just had it. It was just so slow. Right, right. The DNA right. But he did. He was like, oh, yeah, you can have a DNA sample. It's all good. Because he was so fucking cocky and narcissistic. Oh, know? yeah. Yeah, and super confident that he didn't do anything, like leave wouldn't anything. He wasn't going to yeah, get caught. He wouldn't get caught, you know? yeah. That, like you said, narcissism. I mean, like you got to think, fucking mid-80s, late-90s, he's pulling rapes. 
we all know, like, especially back then, a lot more of them were not reported. You right, know? right. So who knows were, how many offenses could have been double really or triple yeah. that very easily. Uh, the police submitted more than 100 DNA samples when the two reports came in from people thinking that Bernardo was the rapist. Uh, one was an employee at a bank. The other was the wife of one of his best friends. She told the cops that Bernardo would confide in her about his love of rough sex, including anal. I'm like, <laughs> who just has that like random conversation? <laughs> so you know what I've been thinking lately, guys? I, I, mean, I just want to know, can I talk to you about this? I know, I know you're my friend's wife and all. Yeah. But- like, Look, that's not an inappropriate block. conversation. Either. I love really rough sex. I'm, like, pounding the asshole. <laughs> and can we talk about this? <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> so the detectives thought she came across as only looking to get the reward. Right. Um, so when they spoke uh, with Bernardo um, uh, in the 35-minute interview, uh, the polished salesman comes across... You know, uh, definitely yeah, just did that talking thing and because they never ran the DNA. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, she tells the cops this, but they believed him over her because of that salesman thing. So he's got a lot of people fooled, Chris. He's got that uncanny ability to just kind of wiggle out of stuff. I don't know. It, it's the good looks and he had his vocabulary was way better than mine because I can't talk for shit and I do a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> But like, but seriously, the way he was able to talk to people, like you said, the salesman approach and everything, and just yeah. having the good looks and yeah. the charm and everything, like able to weasel his way out of it. For sure. Now, Carla was brought up in a much more stable environment. She's born in 1971 and was six years younger than Paul. Uh, she was likely to have uh, some self-esteem issues the way she was willing to be subjected to all that abuse she dealt with just to keep him. Uh, the full extent of her obsession with Paul would be shown uh, later in this segment. We'll get into the, the really awful part of this. Fucked up shit. Yeah, I mean, she takes it to the most fucked up level possible, uh, falling completely in love with this fucking nutbag. Um, and he seems to be really into her. In the beginning, they live about 70 miles apart. And Paul makes the trip several times a week to see her. Her family really likes this dude. Yeah, her mom and dad like I think he's great. Like yeah, great. I'm like glad. a gold mine I mean, here, you know, even young accountant. That, you know, even yeah, even the fucking age gap, like what you're saying, like seventeen to twenty three. Like I'm telling you what, my seventeen year old, some twenty three year old dude yeah. comes up to one of my daughters <laughs> and she's seventeen. I'm yeah. gonna have some fucking problems, son. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> And Joey, of course, the winger reference oh, there, yeah. which he's only she's 17. only 17. <laughs> 17. <laughs> karaoke way back in the day. Oh, yeah, I did that song. Yep. That's right. So, yeah, I would agree with you, Chris. If I had a 17-year-old daughter and some 23-year-olds coming around, yeah, I'm, I'm, you ain't going anywhere with this motherfucker. You're I can about tell to you meet that. my fucking Smith & Wesson, boy. <laughs> <laughs> Paul is all about himself, like Joey, you said, total narcissist here. Um, And, you know, very dark side, which is is very lethal, of course. Uh, He gets off on degrading women, making uh, them tell him he's the king uh, and shit like that. On one of the podcasts I listened to about the subject, he even shit on a piece of bread and made Carla eat it to show his dominance over her. That's fucked, dude. That is really <laughs> yeah. fucked up. Yeah. Like, 
I mean, what kind how of... are you kissing somebody after that? I mean, that's just fucking foul. <laughs> that's your first thought? <laughs> no, I mean, like, after that's over, like, even the next day. Like, it's like, oh, yeah, you just ate my shit. Give me some yeah, loving, baby. It's just disgusting, man. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ, man. That's nasty. These two would get married in 91 in a big blowout fairy tale wedding. Uh, fucked up to think about, you know, what was written, getting ready to go down here. On that day, too. Fuck. Yeah. Now, Joey, everything that these two have done up to this point is about ready to blow up. It's like throwing gas on a fire with these guys. Yeah. What's really crazy is what they did only six months before the yeah. wedding. I yeah. mean, what the fuck? They weren't married yet. <laughs> no, no. And according to the... Uh, <laughs> The family member or the one of her friends or a couple friends that she yeah. told him it was like her wedding gift to him yeah, kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely so. was. Really fucked up. Uh, 1990, Paul is living with Carla's family. But, of course, he's not telling him, Chris, that he's lost his job as the accountant. Well, uh, making I mean, money what, smuggling cigarettes into the United States. Stealing license plates from different gas stations. Yeah, what was the way? deal with the license plates? He was selling the license plates? No, so like he had different tags on the car every time he was crossing the border. Oh, the smuggling was, cigarette Yeah, smuggling okay. cigarettes when he was crossing the border. He was okay. able to like, it wasn't, wasn't the same vehicle every time. Okay, that makes sense. And I, I could go, understand. What I'm just going to go back to the trailer park boys. They should have used the Swayze Express. <laughs> <laughs> the, Swayze, <laughs> the Swayze Express. Nice. <laughs> Smuggling cigarettes across the border. That's right. With a little Swayze toy Express, train. There. <laughs> I don't know what the, the validity of it is, but they were saying that, you know, something that I read that he was making a couple thousand, you know, a oh, month wow. off the cigarette runs. Oh, man. Which I, yeah. They had a house, you know, wow. in Port Lucia. It's amazing. Fucking, yeah. Smuggling smokes, yeah. That's fucking nuts. And I also read job, that so. he was he was interested in being a rapper, which oh, is yeah. kind of funny. Yeah. So we've got a little clip of him rapping a little bit and then talking about his rap album that was supposed to be coming out. So, Dude, he's a straight spitter. Check this yeah. shit out. Did you ever get caught? No, never. Why, they say. I'm a deadly innocent guy. You ever get caught? You ever get caught? You ever get caught? No, never, never. Why? I'm a deadly innocent guy. So keep on fronting, man. You fronting and you ride like you tough, man. You ain't been where I've been, man. You ain't seen what I've seen. You ain't out where I'm at, man. So this is not replacing Stick Up Kid, okay? Deadly Innocence is the theme song, the title track to the album. And it's basically establishing my street credibility. This is a more of a, you know, you're hardcore battling um, the world through your ways of getting your illegal money or whatever you're doing. Um, and uh, you use everything, all your feelings, and the real life feelings you all experience, including everything you, you experience and all the smuggling and all the other activities to make a buck. What the fuck with that shit? That's crazy, I mean, right? Paul Bernardo fucking doing his thing. That's so ridiculous, man. That crack is spitting, yo. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, as into them as I've I've been for so long, like I had never heard that before until you played that. Yeah, that's fucking crazy. And, uh, I figured that'd been something you'd heard before. I know you said that you have like all the like some of his. Yeah, lyrics. I've got tons of his lyric sheets. Right. Like it's all just laughable, you know. Oh yeah, it's ridiculous. And uh, and I was <clears throat> I was telling Chris too because I had did. A song called the Paul Bernardo rap, which is part of right. one of his raps that he had written down. I actually turned it into a song, and 
whenever you played this clip, holy shit, I wasn't that far off to, <laughs> oh, to make it sound like you would have done it. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds it sounds as crappy as it yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> like gibberish. Hey, <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Shit's crazy, dude. <laughs> so he starts flirting with Carla's fifteen uh, year old sister, Tammy. Tammy likes him a lot. She's flirting back. He sneaks into Tammy's room at night with Carla's help and jerks off while she sleeps. I mean, the- Dude, like, she, like, busted out the window so he could get in and shit, right? Like, I mean, are you fucking kidding me with this shit? First of all, <laughs> like I said, this dude's 23, my 17-year-old daughter. Now, right. you're going to let this dude come into your sister's room and right? do this shit? Yeah. And, that ain't, and this is only the beginning, too. I know. Is, fucking the worst now at a pool party he disappears with tammy for a couple hours carla's pissed off and embarrassed the guests are leaving that's kind of embarrassing of course uh she gets some valium uh from her job as a vet at a vet clinic and they crush it up and feed it to tammy on some spaghetti they're kind of playing around with some different drugs to see what they can get that's gonna work um, and that's when Paul tells Carla that he wants Tammy because she's a virgin and she's not. Oh, yeah. He was super pissed. I like, mean, which that's is fucked, fucked up. up. He was pissed off at Carla because she wasn't a virgin when they got together. Yeah. But, like, I mean, seriously, dude. I mean, you had the girl literally eat a shit sandwich. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Legit. And you're bitching about the fact that she's not a virgin. And I now mean, you seriously. want to bang her sister. I mean, that's just fucked up. Uh, she is so obsessed with Paul that she agrees to give him Tammy's virginity as a wedding present. I mean, that is just fucked. According yeah. to two of Carla's friends that I saw on an interview, that's what they were saying. Chris, this is just crazy. Uh, last week, it was brother killing brother. This week, we're talking about two sisters, man. What the hell? Um, The brother killing brother thing was a little different to me with Joseph Callinger. I mean, still super fucked, but this is really, really fucked. I agree, dude. Because what they do is so bad. Because like, like Paul, like you said, Paul was pissed off. Was uh, Carla wasn't a virgin, and Tammy was right. And that that's he was obsessed about it, and they apparently they had uh went and got some beer one time Paul and Car- Tammy I mean it went and got some beer at one time and said they got drunk and made it. he told Carla that they made out and she really liked it yeah and it made her pissed off and shit but yeah so she and she confesses later I think to a friend in a letter that she was jealous yeah of of the sister of the, the younger sister yeah. obviously um so what's really crazy though is that they start you know he rapes her Carla watches him do it. Then they do this with some of Tammy's friends over the course of the summer of 1990. Uh, And then six months before the wedding in December of 90, they drug Tammy with some pills from the vet clinic, uh, plus some sleeping pills and a rum and eggnog cocktail. Uh, And the parents are fucking sleeping upstairs. And they videotaped the two of them raping her. It's uh, I believe it was Christmas Eve. It was Christmas I was, Eve. Yeah, it was no, a day was, or two. I don't know if Christmas it was. Eve. It might have been the day before. I think it was the 23rd. She's pronounced dead on Christmas Eve. Right. I wouldn't doubt it because yeah. it happened at night. So, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah, sense, probably. Yeah. Um, 
But, uh, yeah, I mean, that's pretty fucked up. Yeah. And, of course, she downplays it when she talks to the cops. But then they have video of her with the rag that was soaked in this medicine that yeah, made her fucking what the sleep. Fuck it was called. Halophane. 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 Right. Yep. Yeah. Halophane. Uh, Halcyon and Halophane. But the Halophane was the yeah. stuff that burned her mouth. Uh, because she was found with a chemical burn on right. her face, it's pretty nasty. That's what she got from the vet's clinic too. Yeah, yeah, and that, that they said they told the doctors that was a rug burn from yeah. him trying to revive her. Yeah, they that's said, you that, see the pictures I'm of to that. Revive her by it's rubbing her serious, mouth on man. the carpet. That Looks like she got napalm in the face yeah. or something. Yeah. It's pretty bad. Um, she starts to Tammy starts to puke and chokes on it. Of course, uh, you know she passes out. Um, you know, they dress her, move her to the bedroom and call 911 to try to cover their tracks. Uh, they tell him she was drinking, but of course, play dumb to the rest of it. And she's pronounced dead at the hospital a few hours later after not regaining consciousness. So definitely fucked up. Um, and this is only six months before this fairy tale wedding. Uh, Joey, the hospital seems okay. With Paula and Paul and Carla's story, despite the chemical burn on her mouth and their odd behavior, also they was in, they were told that they were vacuuming and washing clothes in the middle of the night when the fucking paramedics get there. I mean, yeah. what the hell, dude? Yeah, I think. Uh, I mean, it's it's so it's super ridiculous. And right now, us talking about it, it's obviously like what the fuck. Yeah, right. I guess you got to take into to fact two things. I think that are big in this case is back then. A, like we're saying, Canada didn't really seem to have a problem with too much of that, so they probably didn't pay attention as much. And B, because this family was, I guess, prominent um, and they weren't a poor family or you know so right. they're like uh, probably more likely to believe that this was an accident right sure and, and, like and, this doesn't happen in a place like this right and right. when the parents actually are actually along with the story True. even though they yeah. don't know what they they have no idea right but the parents believe this is what happened yeah. so the doctors gonna be like okay this must be what sure happened I could see that as well too. So you're right yeah. though. You see those pictures of that the burn. It's like pretty nasty. I mean, that's kind of questionable. It's yeah. super questionable. Um, so to add to this whole fucked up situation, Paul and Carla videotaped themselves having sex afterward with Carla wearing Tammy's clothes and pretending to be her during the sex. I mean, that is just fucked. Not even uh, just wearing her clothes. She had like a picture of Tammy's face on top of her face. Oh, I didn't too. know that. It's, oh yeah, damn. like fucked up, man. Oh my god, that's fucking crazy. Uh, this is some sick and twisted shit, Chris. I don't know. I think this is worse than fucking Springer, man. This is way worse than Springer. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah, this is what real. Do you think? <laughs> <laughs> so I know we've talked about some good Springer moments we've had on here, Jesus. and the whole I'm on my own grandpa moments, but this is just fucked up. A, sister raping her own younger sister to satisfy her husband i mean just fucking nuts uh they move out of the parents house and get their own place in port de lucy uh probably a good fucking idea i mean get out of the parents house yeah <laughs> uh you know i mean uh, you guys need to have your own fucking place i think yeah, yeah. I, they do not need their own they place. don't but they yeah do not need their own fucking yeah. i guess <laughs> Uh, June of 91, only two weeks before the wedding, Paul is out stealing license plates when he finds 14-year-old Leslie Mahaffey out past her curfew. 
Uh, she asked for a cigarette. Before you know it, she's abducted, blindfolded. The reason, no, the whole reason she's out after her curfew is stupid fuck, too. Like, because she was out after her curfew. Right. The parents and wouldn't let her back in the house. locked the house and wouldn't let her back in. So she's just wandering the streets now. Right. You know what's so fucked up, though? Back in the day, that's what happened to me. Like, dude, if I didn't fucking show up when my parents were going to bed, the, the, house, the house was locked. locked down. Yeah. Like, and like, that was geez. just... Some, I mean, I never really thought about how fucking dangerous that could be. And obviously, my parents didn't either because they wouldn't put me in harm's way like that. Right, right. But back then, that was just yeah, the fact. Like, oh, you're not accepted. here? Our house is getting locked up because we're oh, not yeah. going to fucking risk it. Figure it out. Yeah. Sleep yeah. on the fucking porch or something. No, I get yeah, <laughs> yeah, totally, still man. at the same time. Yeah. Being, it, being Especially with a teenage parents, girl like that, too. Uh, yeah, you know? being her parents, how would you feel about that? Oh knowing that your daughter's dead now because yeah. you locked the house oh, up. Oh, the guilt fucking, would be awful, man. So she gets blindfolded. She's taken to this bungalow that he shared with Carla. He wakes up Carla to let her know they had a victim. And the two decide to videotape the torture and rape of the young girl, telling her shit like, you're, gonna, you're doing great. Uh, While well, all this shit is going on and what we do with you depends on how you do here. Yeah. So and really we- strange fucking conversations they're having with this girl as she's being sexually assaulted. Right. It kind of sounds like some fucking David Parker Ray shit. Like Very much. What happens to you depends on you kind of shit. Right. Um, the video is graphic and shows Bernardo sodomizing the girl while her hands are bound behind her back with twine and the blindfold is uh, still in place. Um, Leslie said something about the blindfold slipping which would mean she could possibly identify them. So Carla gives her a lethal dose of a drug that she got from the vet clinic and Leslie dies. Uh, she would yeah. later claim, Carla would later claim, that she didn't do that. That was Paul that choked her with, until she died. Yeah, but, with an electrical cord. Like That's the way she said he killed Yeah, she said else. she was in the shower. Right. Now, Joey, this is some sick shit. Um, I know, you know, we joke about stuff you know, some of the subject matter and in some of the songs you write, but this is obviously the real thing. And this is just fucking disturbing. I mean, it's one thing to write a song or, you know, horror movies or violent content, but when it's actually real, I mean, that's a taking this obviously to a whole sick level, man. This isn't even funny. really. And it seems like, I mean, as we've discussed the whole time that Paul Bernardo was on a path to do as vile of things as he could right. until he got caught, basically. Right. And somehow, I mean, he just got this this girl with him yeah. that he was able to either brainwash her. I mean, it, in my opinion, I think she she was into it a lot more than what she ever claimed. So, oh, yeah. I believe that. I agree with so you. So it dude. was just opening somebody's dark side, and he saw it, and he probably grabbed right onto her. Like, Oh, yeah. I agree with you, man. I think she was a lot worse than ever was portrayed or, or yeah. thought of it, i mean it's the weirdest thing whenever you see like you know rosemary and fred west like they got together and and shit got weird because they were yeah. and then you got the sunset strip killers the carol bundy and you know dude right. i can't think of his name right now yeah, but I them it's just it. like like man if you get two people with yeah. that same state of mind together oh man, sure that, that's a that's it's a deadly, scary man. catastrophic idea for sure <laughs> Now, Chris, what they do next is decide to cut her up into pieces yeah. with a fucking circular saw to get rid of the body. Yeah, they fucking decide. They cut her up, and then they freaking get some concrete and put her in concrete, her body pieces, 
in concrete <laughs> blocks. And me and Joe, we were talking about this on the way out because I had forgotten that this happened until I yeah. just recently started doing it. I mean, I knew it happened, but and they just take these concrete pieces and throw them into this lake and they ain't able to get them far enough out there. It's not like Cash was saying on the way out. Not yeah, like I wondered if they were just bridge. like, fuck it. I mean, like, we got him this far. Right, like, right. Yeah, it like, just <laughs> seems like not a whole lot of yeah. effort was made because no, they're right there. I mean, they, they, this dad and his son find the body, the pieces of concrete, and there's like pieces of hair and flesh like sticking out of the concrete. Yeah, that's so they didn't up. even do a good job at right. fucking that shit right there either. Right? Like, that's just fucking crazy, man. Go to all that trouble and just yeah. like say, fuck it, and throw, like, it, in throw the it in the shallow whatever. water. With a fucking hand or something sticking up, <laughs> yeah. like straight up, like yeah. I mean, this is just fucked up. It's only eleven miles from their house, uh, this Lake Gibson where they did that. It's just fucked up. Now, nearly a year later, April of ninety-two, Paul and Carla are looking for victims one day after school when they found another fifteen-year-old girl, Kristen French, on her way home from a local Catholic high school. Carla. Had a map out, pretending to be lost, needing directions. Like you were saying, Joey, you got a couple working in tandem like that. Man, that's fucking tough. Yeah. Uh, totally have your guard down, especially when they seem totally normal. Yep. Yeah, you got a young girl walking up, and she sees another good-looking female Yeah. in dire straits or whatever. Right. Like, yeah. Yeah, totally help. respectable looking. No idea exactly. that, you know, what's going on there. I can't remember if, if I think it was this case. Uh, with her uh there was surveillance video yeah. of carla approaching her oh wow know. i didn't know that it, it might not have been her it might have been a different one but it's like you can you can't really see a whole lot because it's you know surveillance video from back sure then. but you can you can sense that the little girl is at ease with going okay. with this person all of a sudden right. you know, wow. it's because you're never gonna think pretty lady like that right you know? right yeah totally dude um, but they get the girl into the car by knife point, and uh, she's abducted. Kristen's parents called the police right away when she didn't come home. They go out looking for her. Uh, several witnesses saw the girl talking to the couple, and one of her shoes was found, right. so leading them to believe something happened uh, that was bad. So they kept the Kristen over the Easter weekend. They never blindfolded her, so during the later... Trial, this would be brought up as evidence that they planned to kill her from the beginning. Uh, she was raped, tortured, and sodomized repeatedly. Uh, Carl said Paula strangled the girl for several minutes to kill her. Um, Paul claimed it was Carla who beat her repeatedly with a rubber mallet. Yeah, that, and she was they, choked with a noose as they tied her, that they tied around her neck. So. Yeah, they did just like uh, Leonard Lake and Charles Ng. They like told on each other yeah like, throughout like oh, the whole yeah. court proceedings like, <laughs> yeah they, they told on each other i didn't have nothing to do with it right they, so who the fuck well, do you I mean, believe you know i mean they're both gonna save dead, their own but... skin you know so uh after that after it was done carla went to fix her hair before her and paul went to her parents home for easter dinner so you do all of that beat this kid to death <laughs> yeah and then go fix your hair so you guys can go over to your mom and dad's eat dinner yeah. i mean what the fuck, man? Uh, they dumped this one, though, Chris, into a ditch after washing it clean of evidence and chopping her hair off to impede any identification. So, yeah, which I didn't think was like cutting her hair off. I know, I didn't think that's going to do much, that much, but. but I think they just thought it would buy him another day or two, maybe. I don't know. I mean, Joey yeah. 
These two are fucking heinous, man. I think yeah. that's a good word to describe them. Uh, the way they do what they do really makes me fucking sick because they totally, as we've been saying throughout this, you know, let your guard down when you're around somebody like that. And that's just like a, it's like a pretty powerful weapon they got. Uh, these are the three victims that Paul and Carla were convicted of killing, but there were others. Uh, later on, Paul would confess to at least 10 other victims. Carla admitted later on about a Jane Doe who they had abducted and drugged like Tammy, but she lived through it. Yeah, there was other victims. Well, rape victims for sure. Oh, yeah. Like not... Maybe not necessarily murder victims, but I'm sure there were other murder victims. But I think there probably was. Um, years later, uh, he would be released from prison. This guy that was in prison, uh, one of the women that they um, uh, arrested, or one of their victims, the boyfriend was arrested because they thought it was him. But then later he was exonerated when they realized it was actually... Um, I think you know, he spent like 16 years in Paul prison. Paul Bernardo, yeah, shit. that's fucked up. Which um, kind of makes him a victim as well. Yeah, I mean, it, that's that's a long fucking time, man. Anthony Hannemeyer uh, was his name. Um, some were videotaped for later use, so it's really hard to know how many, as, as we were saying earlier, Joey. I mean, it just could be double or triple the rape victims at least. Yeah. Uh, because a lot of them weren't reported, I'm sure. And this isn't like a Henry Lee case where he's not trying to confess to shit. He's trying to be like, no, I never did none of this. So right. that's the hardest to tell really oh, yeah. what they ever did, you know? Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, between all the victims of the Scarborough rapist and the ones they committed later, uh, there were likely to be about 30 victims in total, but not all of those, of course, were murdered. Chris, these two are so fucked up. The fact that they look clean cut, you know, that whole Ken and Barbie thing is just... Uh, it's what makes them unique, and I think a lot of people interested in this story, don't you think? Uh, I mean, it, it definitely intrigued me. Like, Cashman was the first person to ever introduced me to this case, and like, after he, oh, he's like the he told me the Ken and Barbie killers or whatever. I'm like, what the why that? And then I right. saw the pictures. I'm like, okay, I can see that, and I could see how they get away with shit because nobody's gonna believe that it would be right. these people doing it, right. especially with the crowd of people they kept around and everything like, right it makes sense yeah it's stupid so the cops established the green ribbon task force to catch the killer bernardo had been looked at for various things like the rapes in scarborough uh the composite drawing that we talked about tammy's suspicious death and other things it's really amazing that they did not think he was the guy uh bernardo and Homolka changed their last name to Teal, which I thought was interesting after the fictitious name of a serial killer in a 1988 movie, Criminal Law. Right. I mean, what the <laughs> fuck with that, guys? It's kind of bizarre, you yeah. know? Some random movie with a killer. And, it's I like, let's know. just go with this name. It's a color. <laughs> I'm going to change yeah. my name to Manson. Like, that, that's <laughs> under the radar, right? Yeah, nobody gets it. <laughs> 1992, the DNA samples are finally being analyzed uh, from the Scarborough rapes. So it took Two a little while. years later. Yeah. Uh, in early 93, Bernardo beats Carla up badly with a flashlight, bruises Dude. her head up, claims she was in a car accident like, to try to explain it. shit out of her. The pictures of her face. That is really bad. fucking brutal. Really like brutal. Like the big fucking like cop bag light style flashlight. Yeah, we're not talking about Fuck. some dollar store. No, the cheap. doctor said that was the worst case of domestic 
spousal abuse they'd ever seen. Oh, wow. Yeah. Like, uh, just beat the shit out of her. Now, she goes back to work here eventually. Her coworkers suspect uh, what really happened. Then they call her parents. Uh, her parents came to get her from the house forcibly so she would leave the abuse of Paul. She goes to the hospital in St. Catherine uh, and says that she's a battered wife and presses charges against him. He's arrested but eventually released pending trial, and she moves out. So. She ended up going back after that at one point, didn't she? I'm pretty sure she did. Um, I don't know if it was this case or another case because there were a couple of times where she had family where members she, intervene after she had been yeah, abused. Right, okay. But I think this was the last case where she finally or she finally yeah. last her off fucking like, yeah because I think they I, even like shipped her off somewhere to to stay with somebody where Paul would have no idea where she was. I think sure. yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, now that I think about it, now Joey, the way she goes to the lawyer and gets lawyered up was yeah. very fucking smart. She found a good one. Um, and it's amazing how everybody just kind of believed her version of the story. I mean, if you're going to talk about premeditation, I cannot believe that she hadn't had this plan in her mind. The whole like, if this time. shit goes down, right. this is what I'm going to do. And she had it so planned out because it, it was, I think it was too much to be spur of the moment for her to come up with that after being arrested and all, you know, those fucking situations. Right, I cannot believe that she didn't already didn't have a plan yeah. to already use this as a fucking it worked. defense. It worked entirely too well in her favor yeah. for that not to have been thought of. Yeah, I can't imagine it either. Um, she was just masterful. Yeah. At. Uh, so when the police question her February 93, they get the DNA back uh, and they know Bernardo is this rapist in Scarborough. Carla tells them all about him. Uh, she tells the police what they you know, had been doing together. Uh, but, of course, said it was Paul who killed the girls, not her. Of course. And she, of course, does this in exchange for testifying against Paul. Um, she's not going to get prosecuted. So. Getting that immunity, baby. I think the only thing that fucking... I feel like she would have turned on Paul sooner. Just This is just my opinion. Um I think him holding the fact that he had the videos of her with her sister. With her own sister, yeah. Like, I'll bury you, bitch, with this shit. I'll bury oh, both yeah, of us. I, I think that was Basically enough to keep buried. her scared, to keep her mouth shut, yeah. to stay with him. But once that was all going to come to a head, then yeah, she was been... trying to find an out that. And she did. Yeah. <laughs> Holy she fuck. Did. The, the she deal did. of the century. That's what they were saying. That's what they were saying. Yeah. This attorney, man, this George Walker, man, he's the guy who pulled this thing together. Uh, as you guys said, deal of the century. She was given a 12-year sentence for her crimes in exchange for the cooperation. Once these videotapes surfaced, though, some of the prosecutors I saw on the uh, one of the documentaries I watched were regretful. There was one guy who just straight up didn't give a shit. And no, I'm just like, dude, like, what the fuck, yeah. man? He's like, like no, that's the asshole. way it worked out. Like, <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. We made this deal. There's nothing we can do about it. I know. Like, it's crazy. Fuck. No, um, she like just to clarify for listeners that don't fucking know, she made this deal with these fucking with these prosecutors and then told them where the tapes were that exposed right. how much she was really involved. Right. So once they and found this out, they were involved. freaking the fuck out. Like, but, what are we watching But right some now? of them Holy didn't fuck. seem like they cared. I mean, no. that's why I'm blown away yeah. when they talked to them on camera and they were like, yeah, whatever, you know, like I yeah. stand behind it. And I'm like, 
how could you stand behind that? Like you didn't know the full picture. And the deal was that she didn't cause the deaths, but it was obvious yeah, it was super in the obvious. case of Tammy that she's holding that cloth over yeah. her face. Well, there's still, I mean, even after like the video service on it, there's still people into this day that die hard are like, no, she was a victim of his. Oh yeah. So there, she there shouldn't like be. That. Yeah. There's just yeah. people that, I don't believe that. I think yeah, she was I very don't much either. involved. Yeah, I'm not saying she wasn't a victim <laughs> right, of his, right, but yeah. I don't dismiss what right. she did as because of that. I don't think she ever would have done anything that she did if she didn't if meet never met, and end up with him. If she had never met Paul, I don't right. think she would have ever done anything so, like that. I think so, but I think being that. with him, I think she was probably way right. more acceptable of doing some of the things he wanted to do. Right. However he talked her into it or whatever it was, I'm sure it was on right. him. But she went along with She 100% yeah. went along with it on her own free will. Yeah, she had sex with her own sister on video. Exactly. The night they Plus, her. he had her on camera with uh, having sex with a prostitute in yep. Atlantic City. Yep. Another one of her drugging a victim. So he had a lot of stuff on her, like I mean, you said. just me as a random dude, I've got... I mean, a good portfolio of about six, seven shots of her naked, you know, tied up and bound because they would take pictures, you know. Oh, sure. And she was part of all that, too. But, I mean, those leaked, and, you know, I love looking at those. Oh, sure. I I fucking check them out every day, bro. (laughs) Now, Chris, those videos uh, were really damning against her, but the fact that she got this deal only having to do 12 years is fucking amazing to me. Yeah, I mean, she did did get... Two concurrent 12-year sentences, but still only had to do 12 years. Right. Which is not a lot of fucking time for what she did. I know people no. have fucking sold some weed and got yeah. more time than that. Right. Which is bullshit. So, like, yeah, yeah, I agree. what she got was nothing for what she did. Yeah, I mean, and for the conspiracy theorists out there, I mean, what was so crazy is these videos, as much as they showed and as much damning evidence as there was for crimes... There was nothing that showed anything about anybody murdering anyone. No, there was no right. murder. So it was all, it was yeah, all was finger no pointing right. and blaming because there wasn't no Yeah, no murder proof. in the video, exactly. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, now, one thing I had watched was um, uh, somebody saying that the that he felt that she was the, the driving force behind the murders because as fucked up as Bernardo was, he had never murdered any one of these victims that he raped. And as awful as rape is, it's it's certainly not murder. Right. But when Carla's around, all of a sudden, then the murders happen. And she was so paranoid about going to prison that uh, this particular person they were talking to, and I don't remember which one it was now, said that he felt that um, she would have done anything to keep out of prison. And so this was a cover-up to conceal the crime that they committed on the kid uh, by killing them so they would never, you know, testify or or go to the cops uh, you you said that like before like without her he didn't ever murder any victims but he there was at least one that i know of that he stabbed which she lived so do you think that was just because she, oh. that that woman fought back so hard is the only reason he stabbed her because like i don't he, know he did stab the shit out of this one woman she, she lived and got a bunch of stitches and shit but i mean he definitely put some homicidal tendencies into it yeah yeah i i'm not sure about that i don't know if i heard about one uh that particular case but i i certainly not saying it's not true i just i'm not aware of it but i mean right. yeah i mean he's definitely a violent guy but he oh, wasn't yeah. he wasn't killing 
his victims. He was raping them. And like Joey said, he's such a narcissist that he just thought he'd never get caught. So right. he was just really cocky about it. Uh, now, to give Bernardo a fair trial, the press were not able to say anything about Carla's statements uh, about him. Uh, February 94, they are divorced. Carla filed uh, divorce from jail. Uh, U.S. journalists, of course, are able to talk about it. So they become, you know, that whole Ken and Barbie thing. Uh, you know, the media is good at coming up with these nicknames for these guys. Uh, a lot of them, as we, we all know in this room, are more well-known than others only because they got a cool name. Yeah, you know? oh, yeah. Pretty, yeah you know, that's the, the way it works. Name, yeah. It's fucked up, but that's the way it is. Um, you know, BTK, yeah. you know, some of these really good ones that uh, people just glom onto. Uh, the UK news was reporting it as well. Of course, they were getting worldwide coverage. Uh, Bernardo got life with the with the possibility of parole after 25 years. That's uh, he, coming up. Not he just got denied last did, year. Okay, I was going to say the that. year before. Um, over the years, he's tried uh, various things to play the system. Um, he gets roughed up though while he's in uh, protective custody. They move him to. Protective custody from Kingston Penitentiary, uh, which is supposed to be a pretty rough place. Right. Uh, he did admit to other rapes as he tried to get parole earlier than the 25 years. Uh, he's claiming he's reformed. He also claims that Carla was the one that wanted the girls killed and the one who did it. Uh, I'm not saying I disagree with this guy. I, I ain't saying it was just Carla or just him. What? Like we've been talking about, they were the perfect blend of two people. Right. Just like, this is what we're going to do now. This is our thing. So. Yeah. I agree, man. They were together. They were very, very dangerous. Um, he was only interested in the sex part of the crime, but he claimed that she was the one that wanted them to die. Uh, he was just denied parole in 2018. Uh, apparently, he refuses his hour a day of exercise, so he stays in his cell 24-7. They've got a video on him. And it's so crazy, man, to just see this dude sitting on this bed watching TV literally all day, every day. I mean, that how is just... Fucking, I don't know how you would do it. I really don't. I'd I mean, be fucking nuts, dude. <laughs> I agree, man. I don't think I like, could do... He I know talk I could to nobody do but the fucking jailers that bring him his food and shit. Like, yeah, he eats like, in his cell. He doesn't even get out to do that. So, But but he willingly they, re refuses the shower? rep. I mean, I he's got to go out to shower. I get, I don't know, dude. I mean, is he taking that toilet bath I mean, he probably fucking... They probably take him out alone for all that shit, so he's probably okay with that. But right, he, he probably just, don't just doesn't be want out. any kind of. I guess social reaction <laughs> yeah. at all. Fucking. I guess, like man. I mean, I, you know, prison's obviously rough on people too. But I mean, just in fucking the grand scope of things, Carla and Paul were so despised in Canada. Period. By everybody. Right. By yeah. everybody. Right. That. He, yeah. <laughs> by everybody, because it was all. It'd be a rough time yeah. inside, man. Mark Target for sure. Right. So, um, you know, he's in this five by eight cell. You can see it on YouTube if you want to see it. Uh, how the fuck could you not want to leave uh, at least once a day? Uh, it's just I can't imagine it. I mean, he had to have been probably, you know, what I'm saying 
target number one to get ass fucked because he was such a pretty boy too. Right. So yeah, everybody's coming. Yeah. Yeah. They're like, oh, we see you, boy. We see you, yeah. boy. Fish. <laughs> Fresh fish. Come on, Ken. <laughs> Come on, Ken. So on a scale of 40, Bernardo scored a possible 35 of psychopathy checklist. So he's definitely a clinically a psychopath. No yeah. shit. Uh, he wrote a book called The Mad World Order that was self-published in 2015 on Amazon. Which I thought was fucked up. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. A uh, violent fiction novel that he wrote uh, was taken off of Amazon once people threw a fucking fit. Um, October 2018, Bernardo was busted for having a shank in prison, but charges were dropped because they didn't feel they could convict him. So, I mean, if you found it on him, how can you not convict him? Well, I don't know. I don't know how he got right? out of it, but again, he seems to have that knack. <laughs> yeah. uh, Joey, there's a lot of controversy with Carla Homolka and the deal she got, uh, 12 years doesn't seem like shit uh, for what she did. What do you think about it? Um, I mean, I obviously, like like I've said before, I feel like she had way more to do with it. Uh, she fucked with her own family and everything else. So I think she deserved a lot more time. Right. I mean, the, the sentence is what it is. She served it and she's done. I saw a uh, psych evaluation about her before she was released talking about her narcissism and how you know uh she really didn't um hold any fucking ownership for anything that happened like that she really did anything and also there's been i mean victim families and all that she's sown zero remorse right or even you know acknowledged the fact that she wasn't part of any of that she just moved on with her life right so yeah i mean i i think that she didn't really learn her lesson too well and she got away with yeah. some shit i think so <laughs> she too, did some time i mean technically in all technicality she did her time she did right? her time she that did. They gave right. her. that's the deal she got would i feel safe having that bitch by my house i don't think so <laughs> no <laughs> so carla received death threats while she was in prison she had to be moved she was released from prison in 2005 she gave her first interview in french she had uh, stayed in the french speaking quebec uh, because she thought that they would be more forgiving of her uh, she was also rumored to have a relationship with a convicted murderer, uh, Jean-Paul Gerbet, I think is how you would say that, or Gerbet. I don't know. Don't know either. But she didn't even consider it a uh, homosexual relationship because apparently this chick was like going through. No, this sick. isn't the this chick. Is a guy. This is afterward. But and when I she was in prison, oh, she did okay. have a relationship okay. with a I, woman I, in I, prison. My bad. I'm pretty yeah. sure this dude killed his girlfriend too. He right? did. He yeah. did. <laughs> Which is like, <laughs> are know. you fucking serious? It's so fucked up. <laughs> and, and that's like a whole other thing. Like, how like, did they fight each other? Like what right. the fuck? That's what I'm saying, and that makes it even scarier that she got released because she found. Yes, I mean, she was attracted not one but two. I know dudes with homicidal tendencies. I know. And then if you've seen that movie, don't. Don't fuck, fuck with cats on Netflix at Luca Magnata. That's yeah. a fucked up story. He's another Canadian murderer. He claimed he was dating Carla, but that was supposed to be a publicity stunt. Right. Because he did all kinds of stupid shit like that. Yeah. But that's definitely one we got to do, Chris. That Luca Magnata story is that's pretty, fucking pretty fucked up. So definitely crazy. He was crazy. a pretty boy, too. <clears throat> he was. <laughs> now, Chris, sounds like nonstop drama with Carla. She just can't stay off the news, man. I don't know what's nope. up with that. Still cannot stay out of the Well, I mean, she's doing shit in prison still. Right. Sexual shit, everything like that. Looking. Yeah. 
now I heard Carla had this lesbian relationship, that's as the I one mentioned. I'm talking about, yeah. Yeah, and that's when she learns to speak French uh, because she wants to stay in Quebec, which is French speaking, apparently. Uh, the public was outraged uh, since it was known, um, you know, that she got this deal because of her testimony. Uh, there have been a lot of true crime shows and movies that have been used uh, with the Ken and Barbie concept, Law and Order, Criminal Minds, The Mentalist, many, many, many others. Uh, Rush wrote the song Nobody's Hero about the girl that was killed in Port de Lucie, which is ironically the hometown of former late drummer Neil Peart. So I did not mm-hmm. did not know that. And then, uh, Chris, you and Joey mentioned that movie Carla. Yeah. That's from like 2006, I think, with that Laura Prepon yeah. is in it. And, that she uh, plays Carla. She I mean, plays it's Carla. A, it's a good movie. Yeah. You know, yeah, it's oh, yeah. a great movie. Yeah, that's cool. I, I'm I definitely going to check it out. I wasn't using it for any kind of facts or anything. I haven't seen it. But so. to be honest, I mean, you know, uh, generally... They did pretty good factually with it. That's yeah. cool. It's definitely cool. fictionalized to create. Of course, story. you have to do something but with the I, dialogue. I think the timeline and, stuff. and the things that the they, way they did it. Yeah, yeah that's cool. It's, it's actually that's really cool. Good I'm definitely going to check it out. Uh, the research for this episode was done with a few documentaries that I watched on YouTube. Me too. Uh, plus some of the articles I read on the internet. I did listen to a couple podcasts. One that I really liked. It was a little dry, but the information was good called Canadian True Crime. Uh, In addition, uh, the book Sons of Cain by Dr. Peter Vronsky always offers up good info, especially with this being a high-profile Canadian case because he is also a Canadian. So, Chris, anything you want to add to this one? Uh, Anything I didn't uh, touch on? My basic thing was, uh, yeah, my research was the same, but uh, I want to go back to, like, uh, when they found uh, Mahaffrey's body in the concrete blocks and shit. Yeah. Ironically, that was the same day as their fucking wedding. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Oh, How, yeah, the day they found the, the blocks. The day they found the concrete yeah. blocks in the water was the same day as oh, that's their right. fucking wedding. So as these guys are having <laughs> these lavish fucking wedding, white horse-drawn carriage and all right? this shit, they're finding this poor girl's body in these concrete blocks that's fucked and i up. just think it's super fucked up that that happened that goddamn way so yeah i agree dude i forgot I, I about that with the wedding like that on that all. day no and there was something else that i had in my head but i can't think about it if i think about it before the show is over i'll, all right. I'll, I'll yell it out <laughs> <laughs> joey what about you anything to add to this crazy fucking tale here no, I think uh, we covered a lot of it. Um, That's A cool. lot of what we know. I mean, if we yeah. have to, we can do a brutal rewind one day. That's I right. I remember what That's it was. That's right. What was it? Uh, and just, I, I did see just back in, uh, like we were talking about, she can't stay out of the news. Just back in 2017, right. she was on the news again because she was, she got married again, had three kids. Oh, and wow. And she's dropping her kids off at the school. No, people didn't know how she was, know who she was at the time because she right. was going by the teal or whatever. Right. But not only that, but she was like volunteering every now and again at the school and like it went on at least one field trip with the kids. And then after people found out who the fuck it was, they're obviously outraged. Like, how the fuck is this bitch working at our school? I remember you telling me this. Yeah. And there's like uh, camera reporters going at her. Like, if you get on YouTube and look at it, she's like straight up, like, oh, wow. Like, and the, it also, it was like the Seventh Advent Church or whatever the fuck it was, school. Like, oh, damn. Yeah. 
And isn't wow. the seventh, seventh advent like where uh, Koresh started out? Like the the yeah, the seventh day Adventist. Adventist, yeah. yeah. That's yeah. the school. Like the school that wow. she's dropping her kids off oh, is shit. that fucking school, dude. Oh, I was damn. like, holy shit, this is fucking weird. Wow. Yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> wow. That is uh, some Vernon Howell shit there. Yeah, that's for what sure. the fuck, man? <laughs> now, next week, uh, since I'm going to be off on vacation, you'll be able to listen to, finally, episode 87 with Low 12 in here in the studio talking about John Wayne Gacy. Definitely a good one. Yep. Uh, former members of Low 12 here in the studio with us, plus Crazy Mike Lanham. Uh, definitely don't want to miss it. And the week after that, we've got another uh, bonus episode for you. The we dark need a vacation, history, folks. <laughs> <laughs> dark history and horror convention from last October, Chris. We did that live podcast with our buddies in the Black Crypt podcast on Amityville Horror. Oh so yeah, that was a good one. A rare live recording of us doing what we do on stage live. So you'll be able to hear that the week after next. So we got two weeks of that stuff and then we'll be back at it first week of march with an episode on the codex gigas also known as the devil's bible definitely one that i'm really interested in love the story of that so i think uh i hear that intro music sounds like ck getting ready to throw the fuck down joey what do we got to do man we need to get our fucking metal Known the world over as the master of metal, the crusher of posers, and murder metal mayhem's knower of all things metal, hailing from Wild Van Street in Danbury, Connecticut, standing at six feet of brutal punishing madness, weighing in at 220 pounds of poser pulverization, the one, the only, toughest bastard on the planet, Chris... What? Oh, <laughs> fuck yeah. Got the great metal motherfucker on here. What's up, CK? What's going on, gentlemen? Not much. Notice How's I said gentlemen, not bitches. That's oh, right. Thank, That's thank right. You, sir. That's just because Joey's that. here. You're being nice. <laughs> Got Gormonger here with us, hanging out. And uh, we're waiting to call you, man, because we need some metal fucking schooling. Joey on break was on eBay or somewhere looking for a Britney Fox (laughs) girl school shirt. I was trying to find one because I want to wear one in here so bad. (laughs) But there was one thing I found. And when we get to our mayhem segment, I'll save it for that. It's a good uh, it's a new cereal CK that you're going to get a kick out of it. We'll talk about it. Yeah, it's pretty funny. So uh, good to have you on, dude. We've just been talking about the Ken and Barbie killers doing a little Valentine's Day here. And, of course, they hail from up north there in Canada. So you ironically picked a Canadian band to do for your segment. So what are you going to be talking about tonight, dude? Going to be talking about Anvil. Fuck Fuck yeah, yeah. man. And That's as old school as it gets, dude. I'm a blacksmith, too. (laughs) <laughs> no, not that kind of um, They were, in the beginning, very influential. Um, now, just to put it in perspective, this band has been together since 1978. Jesus Christ. A few Christ. members. Um, 
the, the major two members being um, the drummer Rob Reiner and the um, guitarist singer Steve Kudlow. Obviously not Rob Lips. Reiner, not Rob Reiner from Stand no, By Me. That's right. <laughs> no, it's, um, he spells with two. This guy spells it with two B's. Nice, nice. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> but but to put it into perspective, they've been together since '78. Um, about ready to put out, I believe, their 18th album. Um, like I said, getting very influential, went into obscurity, had a little resurgence. And now they're pretty much back to obscurity again. Yeah, that's um, kind of weird how they got something going and then kind of lost it again. Yeah, it, it's, it, and if you ever want to talk about a band with tenacity and sticking it out and, and not giving up, this is probably the one band that, um, Christ, just is the band that pretty much describes that. Because they started out in 78, like I said, um, 81, 82, they got a record deal. They came out with their debut album, Hard and Heavy, which was a prototype speed metal album. Um, they, they've influenced everybody from Metallica to Megadeth to Anthrax. Um, they were signed to a, a little label called Attic Records. They um, eventually got, or were on the verge of getting big, um, big man, a big management deal with um, Krebs and Lieber, who managed Aerosmith in the in the seventies. Um, and the one person who was involved with that was um, Paul O'Neill. Paul O'Neill eventually went on to. Um, not the guy Manage. that played right field for the New York Yankees, was no, it? No, no, A different no, Paul O'Neill. Okay. <laughs> Only one L. I mean, Rob Reiner, Paul O'Neill. We got fucking, you know, Rodney Dangerfield somewhere out there. Well, Paul O'Neill was, was a big name because he managed Avatage and eventually came up with the concept of TSO with um, John Olivia. Hmm. So in the early 80s, he was involved with managing um, Anvil along with... Um, David Krebs. Um, they were promised a major a major label deal. Um, never happened. Nothing ever came of it. They eventually got out of that major deal and released two more decent albums: um, Metal on Metal and Forged in Fire, which are considered um, classic classic speed metal albums. And like I said, very influential albums the early days of speed metal, thrash metal. Um, eventually, they signed a deal with um, Metal Plate for two albums and put out two more really good albums in 87 and 88, um, Strength of Steel and Pound for Pound. After that, they were let go from Metal Blade and pretty much were just melded into obscurity i mean right they kept on putting out albums they just had bad record deals bad management deals bad budgets yeah they just couldn't get their shit together man but man they fucking no. kept at it though they you got to give them that man there's definitely fucking perseverance there 
I mean, Pound for Pound was put out in 88, and the only place that they ever even had partial success was, was in Germany. Um, and, you know, just to put it in, in, in a little bit of perspective, after 88, they put out, like I said, Pound for Pound. After that, it was like 92 to up until 2007 where they put out one, two, three, four, five, like eight albums. Jesus. That, that had nothing, that went nowhere. That's awful. I mean, a couple of them had some good tunes on it, but they just suffered from bad production, bad management, bad promotion. Um, they were signed to a small label from Canada called Hypnotic Records that did nothing for them. In um, Europe, they were signed to Massacre, or in Germany, they were signed to Massacre Records, like I said. So it was like in 2006, 2000, 2006, where one of the former roadies contacted him, Sasha Gervais. Now, this guy he eventually became a screenwriter, uh, producer. And in the mid-90s, he was actually the voice of, of the Jaguar commercials for America, the car commercials. Oh, cool. Jag it's Jaguar. Jaguar. Jag <laughs> 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 Jaguar up your ass. Oh, damn. Oh, oh, hi. Hey, hey, yo. <laughs> you're back to being a um, bitch. <laughs> back to being a bitch. No longer a gentleman. Now you're a bitch all damn, over Damn, you're like Richard Speck, man. <laughs> but, but, um, <laughs> this guy at one time was a roadie for um, Anvil. That's really cool. And, yeah, and he contacted him and wanted to do a documentary on him because he heard they were getting ready to record um, a new album. So this documentary, what he did was he followed him around for like a year or so, give or take, and showed you know, the, the what they went through to, to get this album recorded. I mean, this band, oh these God. two guys... These two guys have been working pretty much day jobs well, from right. the beginning. I mean, they own they own the house, they each own houses, they have they you know, they have families. But music didn't pay for it. It was all through I think the drummer Rob was um was in the construction and Steve Goodlow did a bunch of um jobs like driving uh a uh van taking meals to kids in schools and stuff like that. Right on. Hmm. So in between all this, they would record their albums. Well, at this time, they were they were labelless. And they had a demo. They made a demo. And actually, the songs on it were really, really good. It was probably the strongest, definitely the strongest thing they um written in a long time. And in this documentary, pretty much goes through the highs and lows. I mean, like they're, they're touring in Hungary or someplace or Europe, and they're in countries like Hungary where five people showed up. Right. Wow. You know, three people showed up, and and, so and it's then they're not. It's basically the underground grind scene in Central Illinois. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much. <Yeah. laughs> It's your friends and five but, you people know, you don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Showing that you know, they're not getting paid. And um, they finally record this demo and they get it to um, one of the earlier producers, Chris Sangridis. 
and Chris Van Grief was, um, he just died a couple of years ago from a heart attack, I believe. But he was like a, a big producer and engineer in, in the early 80s. He did a lot with Judas Priest, Sabbath, um, a bunch of bands. And he was actually a producer on the first couple albums where they were actually popular. So they sent him the demo, and he actually liked it and said, you know, there's something to work here with. But to record it, they had to come up with the money. That's not easy so, to do. No, so basically what they did is they borrowed it from um, Lips's um, sister to record. Hey, sis, I got a question for you. <laughs> Look, I'm trying to do this. You know, I know this my how, music career has all the not been going bands do it. Like, yeah. so great. I know but these guys were on I... a different level, but <laughs> yeah, like right, the were... story you're telling is like, yup, did that for a really long time. You know, Real worked, life. <laughs> worked a day job, yeah, did the band thing, paid for everything life. ourselves. I mean, been there, I mean, done that, it... you know? When does it not become a hobby? When does it become a hobby and not, right. you know, and, and these guys just kept sticking it out. I mean, they, I know they it's amazing, man. They recorded the album with Chris Andrews. It was called, this is 13. They shopped it to major labels. Of course, nobody jumped on it. Um, and they, they were so sure they were going to get a major label deal from this. Hmm. So eventually they put it out themselves um, the documentary came out. The documentary was a big success. Was went to a couple of festivals. Did really well. Won awards. Um, got for the most part got Anvil back on the map. As far as um, you no know, their name their name back in, in the in the metal community, and people started rediscovering them. And if, right, it sounded like they would actually you know something would happen. No, This Is 13 actually did pretty good. Um, it was picked up by VH1, had a record label at the time, VH1 Classic Records. They re-released it because originally Anvil released it themselves on right. their own label. So VH1 Classic re-released it with, um, I believe, an extra extra track on it. Um, did hang. really well. Yeah, yep, exactly. Did really well. Um, and from like 2007 to, or 2008 to like 2010, 2011, they're, they're kind of like back on top of it. They're doing festivals. They're doing decent tours with other bands. Um, they followed it up with another decent album, Juggernaut of Justice, in 2011. And it seemed like, you know, they're finally going to have a little bit of a breakthrough after 30-something years. You know, and um, that album did okay, and and then just they just went back into obscurity. I mean, since 2011, they released the, the week after next is going to be their fourth album that they released since since Juggernaut of Justice. Jesus so, Christ! <laughs> wow. You know, they just they just keep going on, and now they're in like their mid 60s, wow. early 60s, and they're still doing it. <laughs> it's amazing, man. No, A for effort. No, no, that's 
that not just not a for effort the love of music yeah that's, that's what matters yeah the, that, that, the love of music like whatever we don't give a shit yeah, yeah. i don't care what all it, these man. people think we're just gonna keep pushing through and we're just gonna play our fucking music right cashman yeah yeah Dude, i think it's cool shit. i think it's yeah. a great story that's why when you said you were gonna do this i thought it would be really cool ck you know and um actually the last couple albums have been really good um huh. you know granted that time frame from 92 to up until this 13 2007 they put out some shit but um i, I gotta say the last couple albums were were better written and better produced hmm. um they've been on steam hammer records for the last couple albums i believe are they um, the end rec- are they doing a new album this year um next week or the week after yeah legal at last legal at last yeah right on. if you go and look if you go and look at all the album covers there's always an anvil involved in it well obviously <laughs> it'd be like a cashman album it'd be like a goremonger <laughs> album with no gore <laughs> but um funny. I, I, the end. The end records in 2010, 2000 re-released a lot of the um, all the earlier stuff, except for the first three albums. So I believe you know a lot of stuff is still available. It's, de- I, it's definitely available for streaming. I know that. Wow. But um, does know, it come with a dolly to carry all the CDs around <laughs> with you? I mean, how many fucking <laughs> albums do they have out? I believe I mean, Legal Last is going to be the 18th. Wow. It God seems like damn. it would be more than that. Fuck. Not, include, not including um, a live album there, here and there. Okay. A couple compilations. Gotcha. Excellent. You got uh, you got a Lost Classic for us, CK? Savage Grace, Master of Disguise. Okay. I'm not um, familiar with it. I Yeah, I have absolutely L- no idea. L.A. Band. Cashman? Um, no. No. LA band from the early '80s. Um, eventually, a couple of members went on to form the band Omen. Uh, um, okay. A speed metal band. Their their album Master of Disguise is their debut album. They did have an EP before that. Um, and the cover on it, it's a little risque. Has a cop dressed in a cop uni- uniform and a girl naked, all tied up. Okay. Makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> so, so that was the um, controversy with that album cover. But, but overall, they they were a decent band. They had another album that came out after that, and another EP after that, and they did just disbanded. I believe, two thousand ten, two thousand eleven, they got together again for a while. But um, yeah, check them this out. This is a badass I, I album to check out. Yeah, and and their album they have two releases that are re released. Each each one has EP and an album on it. So the first one has the first EP plus Master of Skies, and the second one has the second album plus the thirty the second EP. Right. Nice. So That's they are cool. available. All right. Cool. But definitely check them out. That's awesome. And you know what people need to check out. Mr. Joey Cashman is the six 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 club yeah, because that Patreon. Get on that Patreon thing because uh, patreon.com slash murder metal mayhem. You could join the six 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 club for only three bucks a month. You get some bonus content, VIP access, everything early. 
If they had it now, Chris, they'd be able to listen to that Low 12 episode already. Like right now. Yep. Like, they could hear the live Amityville Horror episode right now. <laughs> right now. Yeah. If you're not yeah, a member of the 666 Club, you don't get that. So go to... You don't get checked. That's right. So go to patreon.com slash murder metal mayhem. Or we're going to sick sea dirt on your ass. Joe, you like sea dirt? Oh, yeah. Yep. Fucking the Joe that, Dirt that wig on him. wig fits so good yeah. on there, dude. <laughs> the wig really does look great, man. It like fits so by, his head. Oh, by the way, my hair is growing back now. Nice. Awesome, dude. You'll yeah. have a real sea dirt. I can't wait. <laughs> I can't wait, brother. Uh, any other national metal news, CK? I know there's a lot of tours coming up and going on. And Yeah, there's some tours. I got some new releases coming out in the next um, couple weeks. Okay. Um, new Ozzy coming out on the uh, 21st. Um, actually oh, yeah. excited to hear that one. I'm gonna say I don't listen to the radio, but I was in a car and happened to catch you know a little bit of the radio. Yeah, and they played the new Ozzy song. Everybody's yeah, talking. Yeah, it sounded like older Ozzy, and then I found out that he has uh, the drummer and Duff, I think, from Guns or Slash. Yeah, no Duff. No, no, no. Duff and Slash, and, and then Chad the, Smith. The, right, and the well, the drummers Slash, from Slash Chili does, Peppers. Yeah, yeah. Slash, yeah. Slash does one solo. That's it. Oh, okay, okay. In yeah, that song cool. that they put out, though. The guitarist is actually the producer who I. Oh, okay. His name slips me. But I was still surprised he was doing it with all those guys. Yeah, I was like, that's okay, really that's cool. cool. You know, yeah, that's, that's awesome. So, so that comes out the twenty first. Um, New Demons and Wizards finally. The um, side project of John Chief from Ice Earth and Hansi Kroosh from um, Blind Guardian. Nice. Um, Biff Bifford, the lead singer from Saxon, his first album on the 21st. Um, Suicide Silence, that comes out next week. Um, Creator, new live album, I believe it's oh. live in London, live at the Roundhouse oh. on the 6th of March. I can't wait to hear that. Um Geo reissues of the later years, um, the stuff after um, when he was on the independent labels on Spitfire Records, um, right. like Killing the Dragon, Magica, um, Howling, I think, Howling at the Moon or something like that, and another album are all being released as two CDs and on vinyl. And Can't imagine. Of course, of course, Anvil on the 21st. Jesus. And Testament on April 3rd and Black Dolly on the 17th of April. Wow. Fucking A, man. A lot of shit coming up, man. That's awesome. That is really, really cool. And I know uh, some local guys here, Chris, some Central Illinois boys yes. got a hold of us. Uh, they're booking some metal shows. Oh, boy, that, uh, Kyle Holiday was able to fucking hook yeah. a spot in town for yeah. some metal shows. This is going to be the first one. Daddio's in downtown Bloomington, Illinois, doing some live metal. Uh, they got a show coming up uh, Sunday, March 15th. At 6.30 p.m., Chris, who they got uh, playing on that one, man? We got Eyes from Above, our homeboys Treachery Untold, our fucking boys Chalk, and fucking coming from St. Louis, Summoning the Lich. So yeah. it's going to be a fucking badass show. Did you say show. Summoning the Dick? Yeah, that's what I said. <laughs> <laughs> no, Summoning the Lich. <laughs> summoning the lich he said summon the <laughs> daddy O's downtown bloomington sunday march 15th in bloomington illinois uh sounds like a good show so go support some local metal hey get out here get and out here uh, kyle thanks for sending it in brother and we'll share them uh, when you got them so send them our way 
Uh, Joey, you got some stuff going on. What's uh, happening in your world? You got the uh, Heart of Illinois show coming up. Yeah, and- Heart of Illinois. Like we keep talking about it, it seems like it's a ways away, but it's not really. It's really no, it's not. not. No. Uh, it's actually May 9th uh, in Forest, Illinois. Five dollars, thirteen bands come out. You can have some live murder metal mayhem. Some uh, some good vendors, murder machine clothing. Yeah, and you're also working on that new fucking album, right? Uh, new yeah. Gore-monger. yeah, yeah, yeah. The new Goremonger album, which I, I haven't really told anybody, but it's. I co- apologize. I didn't even read out. In the oh public. no, no, no. It's totally fine. Uh, I'm. I mean, I'm almost nine songs into recording it. Probably out of twenty twenty one songs, so about halfway done. Uh, okay. It's going to be called uh, "The Road Not Taken," which of course is a Robert Frost poem. Okay. Um, but I also feel like it has a lot to do with, with where life. my life's at right now. Right. Uh, and plus, I love New England, so you know, represent. <laughs> represent. But um, I'll I'll say real fast too. Two other shows that are kind of in the works and to pay attention to sure um coming up uh july 11th yeah out in north carolina i'm playing uh north carolina blast fest which is oh you're look, playing yeah that, that's yeah. looking to be really fucking My- good me and Michael are looking to fly out yeah. with him and fucking go to that show. Oh, that's so, cool. Yeah. And another uh, another local or show that we haven't really brought up yet because we haven't really announced it, but April 11th, we're going to be playing in Anarga again. Oh, yeah. And yeah. it's going to be uh, Treachery Untold, Goremonger. Um, I can't remember everybody right now. We're, we're setting it up now. Getting the show set pay up. Pay attention. Uh, show show you, season's yeah, coming back. Yeah, yeah. So that's really cool. Like, Always yeah, good to have local shows and stuff going on here. I know that the podcast as a global audience but the core of our listeners uh here in the midwest yeah, so right. uh, definitely yeah, so like to put out, out anybody anybody though, in north doing carolina shows. that might listen fucking yeah. yeah check it out north carolina blast fest go check that i, I can't bo- remember but i'm pretty positive that the, shit? The, huh well, boarding's playing the yeah, boarding's playing that. that. That's awesome. But I'm pretty sure, like, because the, the vituperate guys are the ones that are putting it on. But the drummer Travis, I'm pretty sure, if I remember correctly, he's the one that first started listening to the podcast, and he was like, "Hey, is that your dad?" Because you kept saying, Joey, "Oh you know? yeah, he kept oh, saying, oh, that's oh, funny." Yeah, so I'm pretty sure it was him. <laughs> that's funny. Fuck yeah! All right, well, I think we've uh, we've dealt plenty of metal tonight, guys. I think it's time to uh, do something else here. What do you guys think? Fuck yeah. CK, what do we got to do, man? I'm going to get a motherfucking mayhem on. You heard about that food truck taking Baltimore by storm, Matheny Barbecue and more. They've got the tastiest barbecue in town. I love their unique unique sandwich. Names like the crunchy Caucasian, the spicy Southern, or my favorite, the hungry human. Owner Joe Matheny says he puts a lot of love into every sandwich he sells. Only the freshest bodies. I mean meat. It's sold at Matheny Barbecue and more. Fighter truck on the corner of Bloody Rare Parkway and Cannibal Lane seven days a goddamn week.
<laughs> Holy fucking balls. That's oh, so my funny. God, dude. Wow. Oh, you know what's so funny is I've been, I've been writing since I was in fourth grade. And I have been trying to, quote, unquote, make it as a writer, writing serious, like, fiction. And I write some stupid shit like that. And it's just the and best it's shit. It's really ever. fucking funny, man. I gotta say. I gotta toot my own horn there. Is that the fucking wow. Jeff Healy band in the back? I don't even know what it is. It's, it's something like, a, like that. He's got some music going in the back. Like, whatever. It's something like that. Yeah. I don't even know what it is. Yeah. All right. Very cool. Well, CK, we got you. We got uh, Joey Gormonger here with us. We are in mayhem. We were just checking out some live Anvil forged in fire. Fuck yeah. And, oh, then, yeah. and then, of course, just listen to the uh, Matheny barbecue, barbecue and Grill service. commercial. <laughs> Good. And that was, of course, uh, a few different friends. We had Dan Steinlich doing the, the narrator, uh, Crazy, Crazy Mike, Mike doing the customer, which is fucking hilarious. Yeah, I thought it was Crazy Mike. Yeah. yeah. And then, of course, Chris here doing yeah, the, uh, that was the me doing Joe the... Matheny thing. Mm, so. God damn good. <laughs> Seven days a goddamn week. I love that. That was good. That was good. All right. Well, uh, we've got uh, some mayhem stories to tell here, and it sounded like you, Joey, and I all three had shorter stories to tell. And, Joey, you're our guest here, so why don't you open the uh, salvo up with yours? Yeah. Uh, episode 86 mayhem segment Fuck yeah, yeah dude hell yeah <laughs> yeah like i was saying this one was a quick one i just thought it would, it would bring a chuckle to some people uh i'm gonna take it back to mattoon once again because it just Toon seems town. like yeah like some of my best stories always take place <laughs> right, right. There. hell yeah but i remember uh you know back in my late teens we had a huge party out there like in mattoon i've said this before too we used to have like full town size parties like everybody would just show up and wow fucking you know get fucked up all night and right. this was uh, one night we're out at this wooded area i couldn't tell you where the hell it's at now save my life but <laughs> out in the middle of these woods and everybody's you know getting super messed up and having a good time partying we're all young and dumb, right. full of cum you young know. dumb full of cum well drugs. eventually throughout <laughs> at one point of this night somebody i don't know where the hell I, like this is after it started getting light because we were out there all night Somebody comes out of the woods and they had found a fucking dildo out there. <laughs> <laughs> and like, and we're sitting there the just killer dying. cage match. Yeah, we're dying. We're like, what the fuck? Where the fuck did this dildo come from? You know. So we're all like contemplating who's got it. Everything else, not right, you know. Right. The whole time we're sitting there touching it too. So. Yeah, everybody's yeah, holding yeah, it. Like, yeah, check dude. this out. Waving it from Wagner. <laughs> so anyway, so so we're Trying getting to ready to. It. Uh, yeah, I don't mean, it. it's your mom. No, it's your mom. <laughs> <laughs> I know I tasted your sister before. Right, exactly. <laughs> anyway, so we're getting ready to take off back into town that morning. Fucking, it's, I mean, it's fucking early, like 7, 8, fucking stupid-ass hours back right, in the week. daylight be. fucked yeah, up dude, as fuck. That's whenever you're really fucking dumb in the head and fucking ass. Yeah. So anyway, my buddy, he's got this fucking, it's like a 87 fucking Honda Corolla or some little small box car, you know? Yeah. And he fucking takes that dildo and puts it like in the fucking grill of the car. <laughs> so it's fucking sticking out of the front and we're like fucking cruising around in town, driving around with that dildo dude, just fucking dying. <laughs> but dude, so like we're going back to his house and he lives with his mom because we're all young and shit. Dude, his mom's this fucking redhead. I mean, Mississippi fucking. <laughs> hardcore lady like she'll fucking cuss you out and make you some right, gumbo right, right, you know right. what I'm saying 
and she's just badass. But dude, we come pulling up into his fucking into the parking lot of his house, and she's out there having a fucking yard sale. And dude, we, we pull up with this. We pull up with this dildo hanging out of the car, and she loses her fucking mind. And she's just like, "God damn it, Gregory, dude!" It was the funniest fucking shit. I swear to God, we just had to take off. We couldn't even stay. No, we all. Holy fuck, that's hilarious, bro. I don't know whatever happened to that dildo, but oh, that's awesome. Made for a good story. Wow, CK, you got to follow that one up, dude. What you? What do you got over there, buddy? What do you got? Actually, you were with me when this one happened. Uh oh. It was when we're when you were up with Alex, we were going. I don't know if you remember when we were going Yankee Stadium. Oh yeah. And I got, we got like halfway there. I'm like, shit. You're like, well, I go, my fucking ostomy's leaking. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. CK, so keeping like, the poop stories like, going. Fuck yeah. I'm, <laughs> I'm like, motherfucker. I mean, luckily, I'm smart enough to carry all the shit I need in the car just in case we're of course. issue like this. Yeah, of right. course. But yeah, we're but like, we're going we're to like, the Yankee game. Like, we got tickets to the Yankee, to the Yankee game. Yeah. <laughs> With Alex so like, with us, too. Yeah. Oh, man. So, so I pull off, and I'm like I'm looking for a place to pull over off the highway. Because I got I to fucking do this, change this ostomy with a kid in a car. <laughs> car's right. going by me. Yeah, we're like going <laughs> to know, New York City, <laughs> man. Yeah. Hoping, hoping that no fucking cop's going to come and be like, what are you doing? Right. Well, what are they going to so say about it? it? Right. So I'm on the side of my car, pulling the old. Is there a dildo? No. (laughs) (laughs) Throwing it in the woods, putting the new one on in like record time, like in three minutes. Like a pit crew, man. And I'm like, like, a shit crew. (laughs) Shit things to happen. Yeah, the shit crew. (laughs) And I'm like. I hope I put it on fucking strong because I don't I have nothing at this. So I'm I'm fucked. Oh, dude. Yeah. So, so luckily I, I was, I was fine uh, that, but no. I'm like, I, I, I barely have issues like that, but I mean, yeah. I had one going on vacation in New Jersey. We had to stop in New Jersey at a rest, restroom or a rest area. Right. I had right. to change one there. But I, I'm, I'm really fucking good at it. <laughs> I mean, you would think You'd it would have, have to, be, to be. Yeah. I mean, and you did. I, I'm not trying to break your balls here, ZK, but I'm just saying, you think when you're going on something like this, you would take at least one more extra one just in case, yeah. right? Like, yeah, you, you should have had a gotta, double backup, right? Well, I didn't think I was going to need it. So <laughs> you never do. That's why you need that double yeah. backup. Yeah, it was. It was uh, glad you were able to no, make that work. We still that, got to the game plenty of time. Oh, yeah. Fuck yeah, no, had a good time. Like, Yankees won. That was like, awesome. Like three hours before. Yeah, that's I know. Awesome, that was crazy. Dude. I think it's fucking hilarious that Alex was there too. Alex felt like, "What the hell's going on?" Yeah, no, she, he was. He like, did it so sly, I had no idea what's going on. Really? Yeah. yeah. I, I said, "Just make sure you don't come out of the car." Yeah. <laughs> All right. Just stay here. Well, I'm right I'm back. keeping the class level right down there in the bottom because I've got a poop story to <laughs> yeah, tell. Yeah, I can't wait. Now, uh, I said earlier about the uh, the eBay thing, and Joey was looking for a Britney Fox 
girl's oh, school yeah, shirt, yeah. but I was looking for a box of cereal because, Chris, you had <laughs> told me about one Dude, earlier CK. that I thought was full of shit, but it's legit. No, it's legit. Check this out, CK. I, oh, it's I, full I, of shit. I, I was listening to uh, Park After Dark. It's the Trailer Park Boys podcast. And they were talking about this cereal. I'm like, there's no way this fucking shit's real. And I looked it up, <laughs> and it's real. This this cereal is literally called Poop Like a Champion. <laughs> it's got the highest amount of fiber of any cereal in the world. And it's yeah. literally called Poop Like a Champion. One and a half servings is a complete full daily <laughs> of fiber, yeah. It's poop buying. Like a Champion. It's He's on gonna eBay. Have You're going to fill that house to me really fast. I'm going to buy one. I don't need any help with that. I'm gonna <laughs> exactly i think i'm gonna buy yeah, one though shoots. even just for the box yeah. i'm gonna bring it in here i thought it'd be cool to have it here like a champion, so dude. yeah it's just funny they're it's like, like man we've been sending so much poop like a champion to wild man street what the hell's going on <laughs> so anyway that's not my story i just wanted to open it with that so i just love the name of the cereal dude. so like, so keep it in like yeah it's amazing but keep it in you know we were having the last couple of weeks having some funny poop stories i've got a funny one it's a short story uh less back in the low 12 days used to talk about this cleansing tea that he had that his wife was all about like to fully flush yeah, fully your system flush, out yeah, yeah. And his wife uh, swore by this stuff and Les swore by this stuff and said, oh, my God, you drink like one cup of it and you're like, you have to be close to a bathroom. And you're like, <laughs> like it's like exploding out of your body, right? So me and Joey, my son, Can't not this Joey, bad. my son Joey, were like, really? That sounds really cool. <laughs> so I set up a camera on a tripod. <laughs> In the bathroom, pointed where it would point at your face. Your face. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. you'd be like like a journal of like the experience. <laughs> and I thought it would be funny as me and him were going into the bathroom. So, oh so anyway, God. so we both get a cup of this tea. And we like drink it, you know, and we're both like. How many like, bathrooms did look, you have? Well, hang on. We had one bathroom. <laughs> yes. We're sitting here looking looking at each other and we're both like you know kind of like waiting for the stomach you know like dumb and dumber you right, know yeah, nothing you know and i'm calling less up i'm like dude working, bro. we drank a cup of that shit like i'm not i like i haven't had to go to the bath i tried i can't go to the bathroom he's like i don't know that doesn't make any sense i'm like <laughs> Well, you think we should dry a second one? He's like, oh, my God, no. <laughs> so we drank a second one. You did not. Yes. Holy shit, dude. Not like, a goddamn thing happened. Drank a third one. <laughs> not a goddamn thing happened ever. So, unfortunately, the story ends on a downer. No video diary. Wait, nothing happened. No, no oh, this is bullshit. No. I was like serious. I know we were like ready. I was waiting for you to tell me you told you drank three in like three days. I'm fucking just going to town, bro. <laughs> I'm shitting air like. <sighs> <laughs> That'd be a fart, wouldn't it? Right. I mean, 
shit there. There's a couple chunks in there. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, so keeping it classy with the poop stories Uh, here on Murder Metal Mayhem, (laughs) but I thought you guys would enjoy that. You should have been the opening act, Pete. I was hoping you you shit your pants or something. Right. So talk about the uh, Murder Metal Mayhem podcast book. Joey, you got a copy uh, here you saw. Yeah. What do you think about that, dude? Oh, it's awesome. People definitely need to get that. It's uh, very, very good quality. Um, a lot of cool, you know. I haven't read anything yet because I'm waiting till I get home to, to oh, sit down yeah. with it all. But you but like dude, the Ricky Casso? Dude, the drawings are so good. The Ricky Casso and Joe Metheny. Now, I have to ask, uh, CK, I think it was because of you. Why is there a picture of the drummer of, of Avenged Sevenfold in that book? Oh, man. CK. Yeah, no, I'm just, I'm just giving you shit. I say that, and that's the first Don't thing I thought. Oh, boy. Uh, Those are fighting words there. Oh, my God. But no, people, people should buy that book, though. For yeah, real. 10 bucks. It's yeah. 15 with shipping included well, in the U.S. And you get a free Joe Matheny uh, cannibal sticker, too. What's that, CK? If you look at Rick, Ricky Castle. Yeah. Go go go! Look at an earlier picture of um, Stuart Copeland from the Police. <laughs> <laughs> they look exactly alike. Oh, that's funny. Oh, that's, that's hilarious. Funny. Dude. So, yeah, like, I've seen that. that guy somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> I'll link to it in the episode description. But you guys definitely need to pick up a copy. Fuck yeah, man! Now we are rolling out here in a few short weeks the brutal March Mayhem contest. I definitely pumped. Uh, about this we posted it on facebook uh, here this week got 16 killers going at it chris in a cage matches uh we start the contest on uh, march 12th it's going to go four weeks and the slaying 16 uh will be whittled down to just one uh the listener who guesses the right one the right one of the 16 is going to get to win a co-hosting spot on Murder Metal Mayhem. What do you think of that, Chris? I think it's going to be kind of fun. Yeah. I'd like to have somebody. Uh, It'd be cool, man. Somebody out there in the world and yeah. the nether regions of our despised Yeah, I think life. it's going to be really cool to get somebody you know from another country or who Fuck knows, yeah, wherever. So uh, definitely check out the Facebook page. We're going to keep posting it. We're going to put it on Twitter and uh, all of that stuff. And it'll be linked in the episode description um, as well. So what we're going to do is we're giving you this list of 16 killers, and you get to rank them in order, one being the most likely to win the cage matches and the 16th being the least likely. So we've got Gacy Speck, Ed Gein, Henry Lee Lucas, Ramirez, Panzram, Joe Matheny, H.H. Holmes, uh, Berkowitz, Warnos, Dahmer, Shawcross, Coral, Fish, Gaskins, and Gunnis. That's so, a stacked fucking... Pretty, pretty much the all-star of um, all-time killers. Yeah, yeah there you go. It's pretty stacked. I put a couple of women in there, Chris, but they're pretty brutal, no, man. Eileen Warnos women are the ones that... Bell Gunnis, like, uh, man. Yeah. Bell Gunnis is like a fucking sasquatch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. If, I don't know if I would assume either of their genders. Yeah. <laughs> so you email your list of 16 to Pete at murdermetalmayhem.com and do it by 6 p.m. Central Standard Time on March 1st to make it count. Each week we'll match them up 
And the way we're going to do this, I thought this was a, a way of doing it totally to random. To make it work out. The, yeah. It doesn't matter because you can look it up online and see if that's how it works. That's right. The high temp so of the not, day. That, that way we're not stacking the deck. Right. High temp of the day here in Hayworth where we record the show. Uh, Hayworth, Illinois. Um, when we record the podcast, I should say, will be the, the way we'll decide which of the two will win. So the odd numbered, uh, odd numbers will be the first name in the match and the even number will be the second name. And um, so we're going to, each of us, me, Chris, and CK, we're all going to submit our own lists that we'll have fun with after the contest is over to see how we did. But we're not obviously competing. Yeah, no, I ain't competing. But, just but gonna like- uh, <laughs> it's going to be fun. I thought it would be a cool thing. And somebody suggested this. I still can't remember who it was. I do, I do know who it was. Who? Because he yelled at me about it. Who? It was Michael and Stacy. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's he came, awesome. Dude, we was at work and he's like, it was me and Stacy, motherfucker. I was like, whoa, what What did you and Stacy do? Oh, that's do? awesome. All right. Well, I, I wanted to know who it was so we could thank them yeah, for like, the what? idea. But what? they had suggested Michael we did like shit, our own dude. March Madness thing. Yeah. So, yeah, well, so we're Michael doing this. Michael sure to yell at me about it, dude. All right. Well, he deserves it. To be all fired up because he's the one that thought of it. That's really awesome. Him and your sisters, Stacy. So, all right. Well, speaking of killer cage matches, we got a very special one tonight. I'm very excited about this because this is a different one. We normally get listeners submitting random numbers, but you guys are going to give me random numbers, and I've got three lists that nobody knows about, a list of 10 killers, 10 musicians, metal musicians, and then 10 objects. And so what will happen is uh, you guys will each give me uh, two numbers between 1 and 10, and then I will uh, let you know uh, who's going to be fighting. We're going to pair up a killer and a metal musician in a tag team against another Killer and metal musician. We've had killers. We've had me, uh, metal musicians. Right. But we've never, and we've had tag teams, but never metal. Never mixed, which, that's yeah, right. Yeah, never mixed, mixed it up like that. Yeah. So this is kind of cool, yeah. man. Kind of so, interesting. So. All right. So, uh, CK, why don't you give me a number between one and 10? This is going to be our first killer. So I'm going to go with four. Number four, nice, Joe Callinger. Oh, Joe right. Callinger. All right. And he's going to be paired up with a musician. Uh, Joey, why don't you give us a list or a, a number between one and ten? I'm going to go with ten. Ten is Chris Barnes. Nice. Oh, shit. Chris so Callinger, Joe, Chris Barnes. Joe Callinger <laughs> and Chris yeah, Barnes. Dude. All right. And they're going to be going up against Chris. Why don't you give me a number between one and ten? It can't be number four. Let me get six. Six, Eileen Warnos. Eileen Warnos and CK, you give me a number between one and ten, and it can't be ten. This is the musician. Uh, Eight. Eight would be... Corpse Grinder, nice. Oh my God. Get the so, fuck out of here. So Eileen Wardos and Corpse Grinder. Eileen Wardos and Corpse Grinder going up against Chris Barnes and, and Joe, Joe Callinger. Oh awesome. God. That's so funny with oh, no. the two Cannibal Corpse singers. Oh, that is hilarious. All right. Awesome. And then the objects. 
Uh, Joey, why don't you give me a number between one and ten? Show me seven. Uh, concrete block. Concrete block, just like uh, and, Paul and Carla. There you go. And <laughs> Chris, that one through sense. ten, oh, yeah. not number seven. Two. Two, an ice pick. Nice. <laughs> All right, so we've got an interesting matchup. we got Joe yeah, Callinger and Chris Barnes <laughs> versus Eileen Warnos and Corpse Grinder with an ice pick and a concrete block. So, Joe's Cal- dude, wow, I know, dude, this, this is, is just not a crazy even a battle right here. <laughs> I mean, uh, go CK, what you got? I, I don't know because you got, let's say you got Callinger and Warnos coming out of the corner like first, so that that would be like, isn't that how they do it? Okay, yeah, they yeah, tag okay. each other in. So, tag, first, yeah, yeah. we'll say it'd be Callinger and Warnos in the middle of the ring. What are you thinking? I mean, Warnos is tough as fucking hell, man. She's tough, but Callinger's a fucking psycho. Come on, the guy (laughs) digs a hole, shits in the hole, and digs in the hole in his basement. Yeah. Yeah, don't forget fucking the plaster wall, too. That was kind of cool. Yeah, he fucked the plaster wall. And (laughs) you also got to remember... He didn't even dig the hole. His kids did. Yeah. So he's oh, forceful. Right, yeah. 20 foot fucking hole. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. I think physically it's fairly close. Joey, what do you think? I those mean, between two. those two and the first half? Yeah. I mean, that is a really, really close one, I was going to say. Because Eileen, she ain't your typical you know, girl. No, no, no she's, she's not. She's, she's pretty tough. She's blasting, too. So I was going to say, yeah. it's going to be pretty It's going to be pretty tight. physical, yeah. man. Some punches thrown there. I, I think we need to get into these metal dudes. I was just going to say, so Chris, she's going to tag, you know, they're going to each tag. Wait, Alan's going to tag fucking Corpse Grinder? Corpse Grinder, yeah. 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 Uh, well. I don't see Chris Barnes doing a whole Cal- lot against yeah, Cal- Corpse Grinder. Callinger's out. No, no. I literally see no. That's after I heard the names. I'm like, no, Warnos and Corpse Grinder win this fight. Dude. Right? Yeah. Like this is the end yeah, of the yeah. Because Chris Barnes is just smoking weed like little frail yeah. dude. Right. You know, he's just grab his big old gauged out <laughs> hooped ear and fucking rip that yeah. out. He's gonna be crying. Yeah, and Corpse Grinder <laughs> just gonna start just gonna start thrashing with that that windmill hair that, 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 that 72 inch neck that yeah is. right <laughs> I mean Joey Don't do you see out. any other outcome no here? I'm definitely agreeing that, that Warren Oscar they're gonna win yeah. and uh I mean Chris Barnes he's gonna fucking smoke weed and try to sell you a car right, <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah I don't see a whole lot with those no, they're, two they're, but. see what you guys didn't know about though but what I knew about was that there was a secret ghost variable, and Seth Putnam from Anal Cunt comes back and says, "Hey, remember whenever I told you you're a pussy? I was gonna beat your ass, Chris." Holy Barnes. shit! Here comes the ass. <laughs> oh, Seth Putnam, holy shit! Chris Barnes is a pussy. <laughs> so hell yeah! So I think that was uh, yeah. Now that makes total sense. The fact that it was Grinder and fucking oh, Barnes. Yeah. Is, yeah. What the that, fuck? That was, that was That's funny. That's funny. Yeah, I had I had some uh, I had some good ones here. I can read you guys the list. I had uh, the uh, the killers, of course: Gacy, Dahmer, Puente, Callinger, Bernardo, Warnos, Bundy, Matheny, uh, Otis, Tool, and Richard Ramirez. Uh, musicians: Rob Halford, Lita Ford, Ozzy, Kerry King, King Diamond, Dio, Dimebag, Corpse Grinder, Chuck Billy, Chris Barnes. Nice. 
<laughs> and then the objects, I had a claw hammer, an ice pick, a bone saw, bicycle chain, anal beads, two-foot dildo, concrete block, nail gun, metal shovel, and cattle prod. So. I wish the objects, one of the objects would have been fucking a bone saw because I then said, Greg, come kill them all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. Well, that's very cool. I thought this would be fun doing it this way. Oh, yeah. So it was a good suggestion. CK, I think you were the one, if I'm not mistaken, that yes, made the I suggestion. Was. Yeah, you so, were. That was fucking good call. Great, dude. So I think I, we've I dealt. I think the fucking goddamn t- tag teams were stacked, though. <laughs> if this is Vegas, everybody would be pissed off. <laughs> well, I think we definitely did plenty of mayhem tonight, guys. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. All right, let's hit that outro. Get out of here. Some fucking live deicide, man. Deicide. <laughs> Bible basher. It was a, it was a uh, quite the episode tonight. A little lively crowd here tonight. Thanks to Joey Gormonger for coming in to talk with us tonight in the studio. Joey. Always a blast coming out to Horns. Fuck high. yeah, man. Love, it, Love you, bro. And good uh, fucking time. And CK, always good to have you on for extra duty. Now that you're doing the rest of the uh, segments with us, nice. So that's awesome. You guys here on Valentine's uh, Day episode. So oh, kind yeah. of, I kind love of a good you one. guys. <laughs> <laughs> Bumper music by Overkill, Deicide, and Anvil. And again, all live cuts tonight. Uh, CK, who does your intro music there? Chrysix. Fuck I yeah. The mighty Chrysix. Chris, Murder Metal Mayhem or, intro music by? Chrysix. Low motherfucking twerk. <laughs> wow. Uh, I've been jamming flesh for the week in my car all week. Really? It's flesh of the week. But flesh we of you. the week. Yeah. <laughs> it's fucking 10.30 at night. I'm tired. No, it's not. It's only 9.30, bro. So are you live in a place where the time's well, different. Well, I'm glad, I'm glad you dig flesh of the week, man. It's, that's, a, that's an old school one, that's for sure. Uh, check out SpellboundEffectsAndArt.com for their incredible online catalog of silicone body parts, hands, feet, heads, dicks, and whatever else you desire. Tony has an amazing Ed Gein-inspired stuff, like human skin lamps, <clears throat> aprons, more. So go check it out. He's just amazing. Spellbound and it's all custom. Like, everyone's and different. Art. Everyone's different. It like, is. It every- isn't like you get, like, something he throws in a mold that when... That's if you got, go to, it's, it's not mass produced right no yeah. not mass produced if you go to somebody's house and they have one it doesn't look like yours right it's totally different yeah so yeah he's 100 original and he does awesome work you yeah. tell tony yeah. that uh ck has been summoning the dick summoning the dick yeah <laughs> <laughs> All right, so go t- go support those guys. He should, do a, he should do a severed cock with CK carved in it like he does with the arms, you know? CK <laughs> on the dick. Oh, Dude. <laughs> Thank you, Tony, for all your support. We love you, bro. Check Thanks Tony to Matheny Barbecue for the ad this week. Hell that yeah. was nice, guys. Appreciate that, Joe. Uh, also, don't forget your new get your new copy of our book, uh, the coffee table book that should be nowhere near a coffee table. 
Check out the episode description for how to get one yourself or go on our Facebook page. Thanks, everybody listening out there. We do appreciate it uh, continuing to dominate. And it's just awesome to see the All new cities, the countries, just amazing. It. So it's great to hear it. You guys are killer, man. Hey, CK, is, uh, is that book still sitting on your coffee table? Yeah, it's yeah. sitting on my coffee it table. It was, yeah. He's like, breaking the law, breaking the law. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, fuck y'all, put it on my coffee table. <laughs> put it on my coffee table, bitch. All right, well, Joey, we got some comments here. You want to read uh, You want to read one? You have them in front of you? Yeah. All oh, right, yeah. go ahead. Read the first one. Oh, uh, we got... Uh, I mean, <laughs> the most notorious listener of Murder Metal Mayhem, obviously, is Candy Looking Good. Nice. And Candy Looking Good, they commented, this is the best podcast I've heard in years. You guys kick ass. Fuck yeah, yes, man. Sir. Thank you. Appreciate hey, it. Thank you. Hail yeah, Satan. thanks. CK, Keep you want to read the next one? Round. From Pittsburgh Death Cool. Fuck yeah. Commented, I love the music you guys play on the show. More death metal is a good thing. I concur with that. With that. I mean, why? How can you not? Death metal is fucking one of my favorite genres ever. So, fuck yeah, dude. <laughs> Chris, you want to read the the third one there? The Triple Six King <laughs> says, "Holy shit! What the fuck with Joe Calendar? Never heard of him before." And I'm yeah, sorry you had to hear about him, dude. Yeah, yeah I'm sorry you had fuck. to hear about him, but I'm glad you heard about him through us. Yeah, that's so right. Six 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 king. Yeah, we're well, glad you turned you on to some Joe Callinger. And then Darla Smythe commented, "I think you guys are better than last podcast on the left." Just saying, I I'm not going to say that, but that's yeah, cool that say, someone thinks that, and uh, we'll we appreciate it. Yeah, well, I'll of take course we'll take it. it. Everybody's got their opinion, but... Yeah, nope. yeah. <laughs> um, don't forget to check out MurderMetalMayhem.com to listen to all our episodes and bonus content. Also, go check out the Murder Metal Mayhem YouTube channel and subscribe. Follow us on Twitter at Get Your Murder On and like us on Facebook. Join the 666 Club six, and support six, the six podcast. <laughs> <laughs> that video was so funny. Yeah. Uh, with the Patreon page, patreon.com slash murder metal mayhem. Um, also, don't miss us next week. We're going to feature that Low 12 episode on John Wayne Gacy. So uh, you don't want to miss that. Also, go to creationofchaos.com if you want to pick up one of my books. I got that new one. Creation of Chaos 2, 12 Ways to Make You Die, artwork by none other than Joey Gormonger. Boom. So, Fuck yeah. So, yeah, check that one out. And we can't let them go without hearing a new karaoke song, right. Chris. If they haven't guessed it by the intro, they're dumb. That's right. And this one, of course, was uh, you sent me a link to this, and I was like, how do I not do this one? Right, exactly. But for the record... This was the most difficult one I've done <laughs> because about halfway through it, I just said, I can't do this anymore. I'm going to fade it out here and I'm done because this is ridiculous. I can't, my brain can't take it. It's pretty at bad. All, dude. It's pretty bad. I'm just trying so. to picture Pete's in there listening to Aqua. Like. <laughs> listening to Aqua like, I'm a puppet girl. <laughs> so it was definitely inspired by Carla Homolka. So until next time, keep one foot in the gutter. And one fist holding that rag in your sister's face so your boyfriend can rape her. I'm a Bobby girl in a Bobby world. Life in plastic. It's fantastic. You can brush my hair. I'll dress me everywhere. Imagination. Life is your creation. I'm a Bobby lady.
let's go party! I'm a Bobby girl in a Bobby world! Life in plastic! It's fantastic! You can brush my hair! Address me everywhere! Imagination! Life is your creation! I'm a blonde bimbo girl in a fantasy world! Dress me up, make me tight! I'm your dolly! You're my doll, rock and roll, feel the glamour and pink Kiss me here, touch me there, hanky panky You can touch, you can play If you say, I'm always yours I'm a Barbie girl, in the Barbie world Life in plastic, it's fantastic You can brush my hair, undress me everywhere Imagination, life is your creation Come on Bobby, let's go party ah, 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 yeah. Come on Bobby, let's go party oh, oh. Come on Bobby, let's go party ah, 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 yeah. Come on Bobby, let's go party oh, oh. Make me walk, make me talk, do whatever you please I can act like a star, I can beg on my knees Come jump in, people friend, let us do it again Hit the town, fool around, let's go party Mother, mother, man